Blog Talk Radio. Hello and welcome to Action Radio. This is Greg Penglis coming to you from the historic district of downtown Milton on the banks of the beautiful Blackwater River. And now let's get into Action Radio. Yeah, greetings from the Gulf Coast here of Florida, um, near Pensacola, and it's it's humid. We're starting to get our summertime now, so everything's changing out there uh, as far as the weather goes. It's kind of exciting. Um, I, I don't mind the, the I don't well the heat. I'm not as crazy, but I don't mind the humidity. I'm kind of weird in that regard. A lot of people go crazy. They want that that dry heat, like Arizona. I can't stand it. I mean, everything gets everything's dry. I mean, it's so dry, it's bone dry. It's like uh, like those, those those cattle skulls in the desert you see, you know, as emblems for uh, everyone from Georgia O'Keefe to the outlaws. Because <laughs> that's what I think of when I get dry. That's dry out there. But we got humidity. We got bugs, big bugs. <laughs> you know, lots of them. And we've got uh, plants that grow really fast. <laughs> you know, we got vines everywhere. I mean, it's really fun here. Um, but uh, that's that's a you know that's a whole different thing. Oh, there we go. So Marco Marco's checked in with us in the Netherlands. So we're. Uh, We've got the Netherlands is growing. So Marco, you must be doing something. You must have friends, and you must be telling them about uh, this wonderful little citizen legislature that we have here. And so things are definitely growing at Action Radio, but not fast enough. Um, the censorship that we are under for what we do here, for for uh, this brand new concept that uh, we the people can actually write the laws that we consent to be governed by, is is so revolutionary, is so new, um, is so I think I don't know what's going on in the in the deep state halls of power. Uh, either they don't know us about, about us because we have been so censored, or they do know about us, and that's why we're being so censored. So I'm not really sure. I don't know. They're not telling us. And, you know, as much as I invite the FBI KGB to call in and let us know what's going on with, uh, with their censorship of us on social media, and uh, um, actually they're, they're not really hiding us on, uh, uh, on, on the, the Google, uh, you know, DuckDuckGo searches. They don't really hide us, but you've got to know where to look. So in other words, if you just put in – yeah, well, let's, let's have some fun. Let's just put in citizen legislature. Let's see what happens. Just to let you know, I got a lot of time today. Um, we've got two hours, so this isn't quite the three-hour marathons I've had in, in the in the past. CJ is going to join us with with wellness, and she's got a special guest too. So that's going to be kind of fun. But let's just put in citizen legislature and see what pops up. Citizen legislature, and then let's put radio show. <laughs> let's see what comes up. This would be funny. Right. So this is I use DuckDuckGo. Oh, there it is. Action Radio with Greg Penglis on Apple Podcasts. So there's the number one uh, item that came up. If you put Action Radio with Citizen Legislature, I didn't put them backwards. Listen, we've got TuneIn. We've got uh, Listen Notes. I've got my Facebook. So it's actually there. The Citizen Legislature, Civics 101, a podcast. I don't know who they are. They don't have a radio show. <laughs> you know, uh, debating the pros and cons of a Citizen Legislature. Well, let's look at that one <laughs> just for the fun of it. Uh, so what they usually mean by citizen legislature um, is that uh, people will serve in office for a temporary amount of time. That's what they usually mean. Oh, this goes all the way back to 2012. So that's Obama. And we got here, this is debating the pros and cons of a citizen legislature. Uh, this is VPR, and I have no idea who they are. Jane Lindholm wrote this uh, article, uh, L-I-N-D-H-O-L-M. And it says here, the atmosphere at the State House, how things get done, who runs for office. And I didn't even read this article. It's not, it doesn't really talk about a citizen legislature. Oh, great. So we have an article on a citizen legislature that doesn't even uh, uh, mention uh, a citizen legislature. Okay, so I've read about this before. So generally what it means is that uh, uh, that legislators don't do a career uh, of legislation, that they actually return to being citizens. 
uh, which is kind of a misnomer because they should be citizens the whole time, right? So that's kind of an interesting little little twist on it. But that's what's going on. Uh, anyway, so back to what's going on. Starting on Greg. <laughs> I'm vamping. I'm pushing buttons. I'm doing too many things here at the same time. So like I say, working on, on uh, a producer here to, to change things and make my life a whole lot easier. So I don't have to push buttons and sound like, you know, lose my train of thought all the time. All right. CNN. CNN lost big time and they won big time. So the leftist media has already condemned them. You should have known it was going to fail. I've got an, MB, an MSNB or MB, what is that? MSPMS, whatever they're called these days by conservatives. But uh, they said they, they should have known they were going to fail. You know, and why would a liberal competitor say nice things about another liberal competitor? You know, they won't. But it's just kind of funny. And, uh, and so CNN, CNN did this for one reason only. Let's, 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 let's talk about it. This is dollars and cents. CNN did a town hall with Donald Trump. Actually, maybe two reasons. The first reason is ratings, because the ratings suck. Nobody wants to hear leftist propaganda over and over and over and over again with no substance, no facts, no, no, uh, no anything other than we say it's true. And if you, if you disagree, then, then you're a, a hater, uh, something phobe. Something, I think that's true, something phobe. So, so anybody's a something phobe. So in other words, whatever they don't like, you're a something phobe. I'm going to start using that term, something phobe. A something phobe is a person that's afraid of something. Whatever it is that the speaker, the leftist speaker, uh, wants you, you know, is, is, disagrees with you on. That means you're a something phobe. And they just fill in the blank. You know, homophobe, Islamophobe, you know, transphobe, you know, uh, of course, they're freedom phobes. <laughs> they're, they're, they're liberty phobes. They're American phobes. They are magaphobes. <laughs> oh, that, oh, I like that. Do you guys like that one? Magaphobe? You're a magaphobe. I got I to send that to the Trump campaign. Magaphobe. <laughs> that is great. You're a magaphobe. You can't stand making America great. You're afraid of a great America. Oh, this is going to be fun. So you know me. I mean, everything I do is psychological warfare. In fact, I did the whole show yesterday on psychological warfare. Uh, Marco says, in the world today, you're a, fo- a foob. <laughs> I think he means a phobe, but he says F-O-O-B. You're a foob. <laughs> Even if you say, I don't know, uh, I don't care. Uh, well, the thing is, I do know and I do care. <laughs> that's why I have a radio show. Um, but, uh, yeah, anybody else wants to type in live, uh, that's what live chat's for. You've got a free account. It's easy. Just sign in, uh, and then we know who you are. And uh, as long as you, you, know, you don't swear on my show or, or you know, post a bunch of bad language or say something you know, insanely uh, violent, uh, you, can pretty much, you can be as controversial as you want. I don't care. But, uh, but feel free to. And we have one person that uh, gets after me all the time. You can't say this. What are you talking about? You're an idiot. <laughs> it's kind of funny, actually. All right. So back to CNN. So CNN lost and they won. Again, they won because they're going to get a ton of ratings. Uh, that's why they have Trump on. The, you know, but they set up this poor um, uh, Democrat lobbyist that was playing a CNN host. I don't know what. Caitlin, Caitlin something. Kaylin Jennings, does that name come from, sound familiar? I have actually uh, put away, I try to keep my, my windows um, limited so that I don't lose, uh, you know, sound. I found out when you have too many windows open, the show, the show doesn't sound so good. And so I have to get rid of my windows as much as possible or combine them up uh, into one. But anyway, I think the, I'll, I'll look up. Anyway, Caitlin something was the, was the host. And she was absolutely uh, a Democrat, uh, leftist, Marxist advocate. And it was fascinating to watch. And Trump just talked over her. Like he should have. Um, but it didn't matter what he said. She would say, that's not true. You're getting out misinformation. And, of course, the biggest one was the fact that the 2020 election was stolen. Now, Trump's getting better. And this is where it's really interesting. Because Trump is getting much better about being blunt, about being bold, about uh, really sharpening his message. Yeah, the election was stolen. 
everybody knows, you know, but he should have said, everybody knows the election is stolen. What he should say to the host is, you know, the election was stolen. <laughs> you know, I mean, that's what he should say. I'm going to add that to my, uh, I, I'm, I'm building a list of questions that, um, uh, that Trump can ask. Ask host, tell host, you know the election. Let me just put a little addition here. I'm, I'm, and I'm actually got a press release that's going to be coming out this afternoon, too. Uh, Trump says to host, hang on, let me see. Trump says to host, you know the election was stolen. <laughs> and they said, no, I don't know that. The election was stolen. There we go. So that's been kind of fun. Anyway, but uh, every time he mentioned anything the election, you know, and then you know she'd say that wasn't true. The election wasn't stolen. There was no fraudulent voting. She even said in Wisconsin there was, you know, she said uh, there wasn't a single fraudulent vote in Wisconsin. Well, that's that's not true for any election. I mean, there's always some fraudulent voting, but usually it doesn't matter because it's not a, it's not a big deal. Uh, the Bill Barr Bill Barr standard, the the uh, the uh, Rhino Attorney General, the Plant Attorney General uh, under Trump, who said uh, that unless there's enough vote fraud to overturn the election, it doesn't count. That's like saying uh, unless there's enough money stolen from the bank to make them go bankrupt, it's not a robbery. That's a bunch of nonsense. <laughs> that's patently uh, just that's absurd and insane. But yeah, that's that's the equivalent of what he said. Anyway, so back to back to Caitlin. What's her name? Um, it was it was fascinating, you know, because because Trump's a big guy too. Is this you know? So they're actually standing up at one point, but she's really defiant. You can't say this. I have to stop you. It's like she's directing him. It's like I, you know, she wasn't a moderator. She certainly wasn't a journalist. Uh, she was basically an accuser. She was like a prosecutor. So that, so that, so that's what we should call it. You know, Trump versus the the, the prosecutor. Uh, Trump v. prosecutor. I take a lot of notes during the show, and I, I use them for articles. I haven't had a Substack in too long, so I'll have to get that. Out. But uh, but she was definitely a prosecutor. You can't say that. Imagine saying the president of the United States. You can't say that. He should have said right there. I said, are you going to tell me what I can and can't say? That's what he did. There's another one. Uh, write that in my. Uh, and then, so what are you going? So this will, this will help. Going to tell me what I can and can't say. That'd be another good one. And of course, the next one is are you going to answer all my questions for me? <laughs> That's another comment that Trump, Trump needs to have. Are you going to answer all my questions for me? My questions, questions for me. Anyway, so again, this is, this is in preparation of, uh, I, you know, I might do this in a press release. That'd be a great press release. This would be kind of funny. <laughs> all this cool stuff I get to do here is great. Um, but that's, what, that's what's going on. So, it, the, there were several things. She, I mean, this is the, this is the standard leftist tactic. So they don't. If she doesn't get the answer she wants, she keeps asking the question: Will you commit to this? Will you admit to that? Will you, you know, will you, you know? The biggest one was, you know, will you uh, commit to uh, uh, to honoring the results of the 2024 election, regardless of the outcome? Of course, the answer is, well, <laughs> you know, it depends if it's honest or not, you know. And then he said that like four times. You know, if it's an honest election, of course I'll commit to it. So he's already figured that one out. That's that's the, he's figured out that rhetorical talking point. But to the other, the biggest one was every time he mentioned vote fraud, and he mentioned it several times. And of course, the audience, I, I think actually this audience was somewhat Republican, which is kind of funny. Um, the the questions there, I guess the only gotcha there was one gotcha question in the beginning, but uh, I mean she was the gotcha. I guess I guess they put all all their hopes on uh, uh, the great white hope. <laughs> you know, Caitlin, what's her name? Uh, who was wearing all white to, to look sweet and innocent, right? And of course, Trump comes in the dark blue suit. So you've got, you know, white, good, black, bad kind of thing. 
you know, so, uh, you know, the dark forces, it's, just, it's in her language. So she's got the, the metaphor of the, the white knight, you know, of course, she has to be a woman because of CNN, right? The, the leftists, they can't have a white guy do it uh, with the same effect. So they send the, the white woman, you know, wearing the white suit. <laughs> she does everything's white, right? Except her hair is brunette, but that's another story. Anyway, but uh, so she rides in, you know, on the white horse and uh, she's there to defend, defend the Marxist uh, deep state. That's her job. You know, she's a defender of the Marxist deep state. I write that down to defend. So she was not there to interview. She was not there to talk. She was not there to investigate. She was not there to ask open-ended questions, which is what I do here on the show. She was not there to do anything except defend the Marxist deep state. That's her job, the Communist News Network. What do you expect from the Communist News Network? Marxist deep state. And tried. I mean, she really did. But uh, Trump's getting better. So his rhetorical skills are getting better. I remember during the 2016 campaign, my biggest uh, problem with Trump was he, he didn't really speak that well. You know, he, his thoughts were brilliant. His actions were brilliant. His speech wasn't that good in a lot of ways. And debating was not one of his strong points, but he's getting better. So he's obviously received a lot of coaching of how to talk over Marxist deep state hosts uh, and just, just keep hammering his points home over and over and over again. And the audience liked it. But there's, there's a few things he could have done. Uh, the first thing I would have done, uh, well, not first, but it's partway through that, uh, that uh, inquisition that uh, she was putting him through, um, I, would have, I would have just looked at the audience and said, how many of you people think the election was stolen? And the resulting round of applause would have embarrassed the hell out of uh, Caitlin, what's her name? That's what he should have done. That would have made a huge difference. How many of you think the election was stolen? Of course, they all would have applauded. They probably would have, I would, if I were there, I would, I would have given a standing ovation immediately and encourage everybody else to stand up. If for nothing else but the, uh, uh, the, the visual, as they call it, the media effect. And the question, would CNN photograph, or, or would they carry live you know, a whole bunch of people uh, in an auditorium standing up uh, and giving a standing ovation to the fact that the election was stolen? You know, it's kind of hard to get that visual out of your head. So I don't know if he was told not to ask that or he didn't think of it. I'm not sure. Either way, that would have been a great thing to do. So Trump definitely, uh, he should have, I mean, this is just, that would have been classic. Um, the other one was January 6th, and they, she talked about uh, January 6th all the time as the violent insurrection where hundreds of police officers were injured. Well, of course, the comeback to that is, well, yeah, Bash, Ashley Babbitt was shot and killed by a thug. He should have mentioned uh, his name, Lieutenant Michael J. Byrd of the Capitol Hill Police Department in plain clothes behind a glass door, shot and killed Ashley Babbitt for no reason whatsoever. Now, then she then... Um, which, which, was a, which was a brilliant response, because she doesn't have an answer for that, except all the other people who were killed and injured and all that kind of stuff, which is not true. If, no matter what Trump said, she said that wasn't true. And what, she, you know, what he should have said is prove it. You know, he says that there's no evidence that the election was stolen. There's no evidence of vote fraud. So which the answer is there's mountains of evidence. You just haven't looked at it. You know, well, let me put that one down, too. There's another one. There is mountains of, you know, there is, there is mountains of evidence of vote fraud. You just don't want to look at it. You just don't want to look at it. And of course, that's, that's an open-ended thing, too. And then, of course, there's no answer to that. You just don't want to look at it. So she can say, yes, I do want to look at it, in which case he would say, then you, then you will see all the vote fraud. Or, or she can say, no, I don't want to look at it. In which case, she, you know, Trump can say, well, that, that's, that's why you're living in the fantasy land. That's why you're not a, a journalist, because you won't look at the evidence. So either way, that statement is, is, is really um, you know, manipulative in a good way, because it maneuvers the host into a position where they, they can't say anything. You know, if they, they say, I do want to look at it, then you say, great, you'll find all kinds of stuff. If, if they say, I do want to look at it, then that admits they haven't, <laughs> you know, if they say there is no evidence, 
You said there's mountains of evidence. You just don't want to look at it. And then, you know, can, then they'll keep repeating, well, there is no evidence. Again, you don't want to look at it. So they can't win. So, so I love these rhetorical traps. So Trump needs to get really good at his rhetorical traps. I'm going to put that in the notes myself here. Uh, rhetorical traps, R-H-E, rhetorical traps, questions that can't be answered. That can't be answered. I'm having fun today. <laughs> it's just me. <laughs> I'm just talking. You know, we don't have anybody. Uh, CJ's going to join us, like I said, in, in, the, in the third hour. So we've got a lot of time. So good time to, to type in stuff. Good time to uh, uh, give me a call, 215-383-3832. Or just sit back and listen. I've got enough material to, to just rumble on here endlessly, um, which is kind of fun. But, <laughs> you know, I'll, I'll get you some new information. Uh, we'll, we'll, I'll probably do this for this half hour, take a break, and then uh, come back. I've got about eight articles. <laughs> so we've got lots of things to talk about today. All right. So another thing she talked about, uh, one of the big questions, will you sign a federal abortion ban? Uh, first, and, then, and what he said was, well, I want to see the bill. I want to see what's going on. I said there's a lot of uh, people with different interests, a lot of states with different uh, uh, ideas. Uh, there's, there's, uh, you know, and then he said this will give the pro-life folks you know, finally some negotiating power that Roe v. Wade has, has been gone away. What he should have said was Roe v. Wade was an illegal decision because the Supreme Court doesn't have that power. That would have been another. I'm going to put that in my, uh, put that in my list too. Roe v. Wade. And it's true. Roe v. Wade was an unconstitutional decision of the court. Roe v. Wade was unconstitutional. I don't know if he wants to get into that because he's not as much of a, a constitutional scholar. Unconstitutional. But that'd be a great comment. Roe v. Wade, why is it unconstitutional? Because the Supreme Court can't make policy. They can't make law. They can't make regulation. All they can do is settle cases under Article 3. Now, they use the Constitution to declare something unconstitutional? Sure. Can they go beyond that? No. <laughs> they can't. They, they, they can't provide remedies. All they can do. So in other words, if the Supreme Court you know, rules that a, an action of, of Congress or an action of, of the president uh, is unconstitutional, if a law is unconstitutional, if a policy, if uh, a regulation you know, or something else, they can do that. You know, I mean, uh, I, but what they can't do is go into judicial review and interpret the Constitution. So there's a fine line here, and this is something that I've been wrestling with for a while in terms of judicial review. Because I, my initial bill was they couldn't do any judicial review because uh, it's not in the Constitution. On the other hand, as I looked at, and as Jim Dykes pointed out, who was our great uh, gun reporter uh, from Florida Carey for a couple of years, um, that, um, you know, the, you might want to take another look at it. So I did, you know, because I'm, this is why everything we do here is so open, because obviously I'm not perfect. Nobody is. Um, but when I make a, uh, but unless you make a brash, bold statement, no one can kind of work with that and say, well, you know, you might want to rethink that. So I did. I did. I rethought it. And so what I came to the conclusion of, because I was, I was watching, you know, some judges do some good things, like throw out the mask mandates. Uh, overturn the New York uh, uh, unconstitutional gun bans and things like that. So there is a place for overturning things, but as long as they use the Constitution and don't interpret it. So that's, that's the dividing line. So the Second Amendment is clear. You know, the right of people to keep and bear arms is absolute. That's what the Second Amendment, because all rights are absolute. So I'm, I'm kind of, you know, paraphrasing a little bit. So any law to the contrary of the right of the people to keep and bear arms can't be touched is automatically unconstitutional. Uh, and, it because, and also because it's subordinate, to the Second Amendment being statutory law, it doesn't exist. So that, that's, that's another argument I don't think Trump wants to get into. He's got enough other things to think about. But his lawyers can. That would be a good Ted Cruz, Rand Paul, Mike Lee, uh, Matt Gates, Jim Jordan, Devin, oh, Devin's not in Congress anymore. Who else am I thinking of? James Comer, who's the superstar right now of the House Oversight Committee. Absolute superstar. But those are the people that make those more constitutional legal arguments because they're all lawyers. Trump's not a lawyer. He's a real estate guy. You know, he's just very bright on all kinds of – he's a business guy. He went to the Wharton School of Business, 
which I don't know much about, but it'd be nice to have some of those folks. Let me do. Let me write that another bit. Give me another good one here. Is to uh, let's go five eleven. Today's uh, today's May eleven. This is when the floodgates, uh, the borders are opened up. I'm not covering it. Everybody else is, so I, I really don't need to. So let's go Wharton School Business. W. I should look into the Wharton School. This is a very productive show today. I'm getting all kinds of Wharton School of Business. And let's talk about guests. So is that that's probably the best business school in the country? I'm guessing. So let's find out what they teach. You know, in fact, I have a bill that I'm proposing. And uh, in fact, I put it on Facebook a, a little bit ago, right before the show. Um, should I write a bill? Uh, banning all government bailout of business, regardless of size. Uh, that would also eliminate all subsidies for business, uh, price supports, things like that, you know, the, the, uh, um, the ethanol subsidy, all kinds of you know, sugar price supports, eliminate all subsidies and eliminate all differential policies you know, within an industry. In other words, favoring electric cars over organic cars. Do you like that term I just threw out there, organic car? Uh, this is what I'm going to call them from now. They're organic cars. So if you drive a gasoline diesel uh, steam, <laughs> you know, whatever, whatever else you drive out there that's, uh, that's uh, not uh, uh, an electric, uh, you know, power conversion car. Because electricity is a conversion of power. Because uh, it has to be generated. See, see electricity uh, is not naturally occurring. Whereas oil, natural gas, coal, uranium are naturally occurring. That's what makes them organic fuels. So if, you, if your car is, is uh, petroleum powered, it's organic. It's an organic car. Isn't that a nice term, organic car, as opposed to an electric car? So an electric car is a power conversion car because electricity, you know, uh, has to be created. There is no naturally occurring electricity. You can't mine it. You can't find it. You can't scoop it out of the air. You can't do anything. You have to create it, right? So that's not, uh, that's not organic. That's, it's not uh, you know, organic in terms of native, in terms of finding, in terms of, you know, always being there, in, in terms of originating somewhere. You know, I mean, uh, you know, rain generates uh, electricity because of uh, friction, you know, uh, rising up and down air currents, rain, you know, all that kind of stuff, static electricity. So static electricity is created in the clouds, and when you get enough of it, you get a lightning bolt to discharge that electricity because it's got to go somewhere, <laughs> you know, just like a hurricane. Hurricane's result is a, hurricanes are a heat transfer, you know, of heat from the equator, um, bringing warm air and moisture north. That's what a hurricane does. Uh, otherwise, the equator would be too hot and the poles would be too cold. So, the, so a hurricane transfers heat from the equator north. Uh, there is naturally occurring electricity, bring out a kite and a long rope. Well, that, yeah, but you still have to collect it. Marco says that. Marco says there is naturally occurring electricity, bring out uh, the kite and a long rope. You know, and don't forget the key. If you don't have the key, you don't have the key to, to, to doing the, the, the equation. You need the metal to conduct it. But, you know, you can't, like I said before, you cannot mine electricity. You can't find it. You can't harvest it. You can't grow it. You can't do anything. You've got to create it. And the clouds create electricity. Clouds do not naturally have lightning bolts. Clouds have electricity when they generate it by creating static electricity up and down, you know, uh, rising and, and falling uh, uh, air currents, uh, low pressure, high pressure differentials, wind. Uh, it creates a static water, you know, bouncing around up there, creates a static and all that other kind of stuff. Uh, and so, that, so the clouds actually are power plants. The clouds are electric generators. But so once that, but can you, even if you have your long kite, can you, you know, can you catch that electricity and then uh, put it somewhere? No, it goes right in the ground, disappears. All right. So, you know, so yeah, so that's, so I think Marco is a little different than what you're, what you're talking about here, but uh, whereas oil, well, you drill it out of the ground, you send it by a pipeline, you refine it, you send it to your gas station, still a hundred percent of its potential power. So electricity, you know, loses power, loses power the second you send it down the transmission lines. 
all that crackling you hear, <laughs> you stick your fluorescent bulb up near a power line and it, it lights up, well, that's leaking power. If pipelines, if oil pipelines leaked as much as electric transmission lines leaked, they'd be closed down. But the difference is you can't see it. <laughs> you can't see the leaking electricity. But you can if you bring a light bulb. <laughs> you know, so that's a different story. All right. So back to CNN, because CNN was uh, really funny last night. Let me see what else we got. Uh, so so the, she insisted that, that he sign an abortion ban. Now, what he should have said, what he should have said was that there's nothing in the Constitution regarding abortion. Therefore, the federal government has no jurisdiction over it. In fact, what he should have said was the federal government has no jurisdiction over public health at all anyway. So the FDA, the, the NIH, the CDC. Well, the CDC has a, the, the only place the government has a role is at the border. And the CDC does have control over people coming in with uh, obvious symptoms of a contagious disease. Those are the people that can be uh, can restricted. So if you come in from outside the country, you know, that's why the China ban uh, from Wuhan and other places, you know, with, with COVID was okay as long as people had symptoms, you know. Um, but he, he had a travel ban from there anyway. So they can do that. You know, they can actually, and I guess they can for terrorism, things like that. You can actually ban people from coming in uh, to the country. A president can do that. CDC has to only do it in terms of disease. Uh, but well, they, they can't do anything else that they did. <laughs> you know, they can't even offer guidelines. But the, the federal government has no role in public health. They just don't. You know, because it's not in the Constitution. And if they will, it's way back then, Greg, things were different. Oh, really? Tell me, you know, what do you think the plague was? <laughs> well, they had the plague in Europe 200 years before the United States was even thought of, <laughs> before it was even a colony. <laughs> All right. So they, 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 they had plagues and smallpox and diseases back, you know, through eternity. Um, it's interesting, San Francisco had, a, had an out, outbreak of plague after the 1906 earthquake. Most people don't know this. In fact, they had two outbreaks of plague, one in the 1800s. Uh, where they uh, tried to hide it, cover it up, didn't say anything, and a whole lot of people died, and it was bad. You know, then they got 1906, and the city public health officials actually did a really good job. So there is a role for public health in, in cities, counties, and states, absolutely, just not the federal government. Anyway, so the city of San Francisco in 1906, after the 1906 earthquake, and all the rats came up from the sewers that were now destroyed and spread bubonic plague everywhere because rats have fleas, and fleas have bubonic plague. That's how it works. You get a flea bite. Anyway, so, uh, so they, they you know, killed the rats, trapped everything up, sealed it back up, did it a whole lot, and admitted that there was a plague problem. So they admitted it. They said there's a problem. Let's get public support behind it because, you know, it wasn't embarrassing. It wasn't their fault that we had an earthquake, <laughs> you know. So, so they dealt with it. They dealt with it really well. Go look up a bubonic plague in San Francisco earthquake if you're curious. Marco's now curious. He's thinking, do I want to look that up or do I, you know, want to do something else? So anyway, uh, so that's something interesting. Anyway, so, so the abortion ban, uh, abortion was never – uh, within the jurisdiction of the federal government. Never. That's another reason that the Roe v. Wade decision was unconstitutional. Now, as far as handling Roe v. Wade at the federal level, that's, I don't, I, I got to think about that. I have to think about the fact that can the Supreme Court take cases where the federal government has no jurisdiction? That I don't know. I would say initially no, but then I think about uh, the 14th Amendment, which extends the Bill of Rights to the states and to the people. And in that regard, I would say, yes, they do. They, they can take cases if they regard the, the Bill of Rights. So in that case, they would have jurisdiction. Yeah, I, just, I just had to think these things through. It doesn't take me too long. All right. Article 3. This is going to be the Supreme Court jurisdiction once again. The judicial power of the United States, which means under the Constitution, right, uh, shall be vested in one Supreme Court and such inferior courts as the Congress shall from time to time, may from time to time, ordain and establish. The judges, not, not justice, the judges, both of the Supreme and inferior courts shall be, hold their offices during good behavior, not lifetime, and shall at times receive payment. 
Judicial powers shall extend to all cases in law and equity. This is in all cases, right? So in law and equity. So in other words, it's pretty broad as to the, where the cases can go arising under this constitution. So if, the, if it, so there you go. So it says right here, the judicial power shall extend to all cases in law and equity arising under this constitution. Well, since the federal government has no jurisdiction over public health, then Roe v. Wade was automatically illegal. They shouldn't have even taken it unless you're talking about rights that do the, and the Bill of Rights and the protection of rights is under the jurisdiction of the federal government, even if public health isn't specifically delegated. Laws of the United States, treaties made, da, 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 da. yeah, yeah, between two citizens. Uh, okay, there we go. That's basically it. So they can't take cases in law and equity arising under the Constitution. But there's nothing here about interpreting the Constitution. Why? Because they can't do it. So they can take cases, they can settle disputes, uh, and that's it. That's where it ends. So if a federal, if a federal judge you know, says, uh, uh, I'm going to put an injunction on this mask mandate because it's unconstitutional, 4th, 5th, 6th, 14th, you know, pick, pick a few. There's like several amendments that make mask mandates unconstitutional. That's using the Constitution. But if they say, we think that there's a right of privacy somewhere in there, you know, a non-delegated thing that allows the, uh, that, you know, allows the mother to have an abortion, uh, which takes the life of the child and uh, changes the life of the father, <laughs> you know, or controls the life of the father, that's one person ruling over three people. And so you've got two people whose rights aren't represented, the babies and the fathers. And so that's inequitable <laughs> you know, under the Constitution. So that's another reason that uh, abortion in its present state under, under Roe v. Wade was unconstitutional, because it violates the rights of two out of the three parties uh, involved in, uh, in the abortion decision. So that's interesting. Anyway, so, so but she said, will you sign a ban on abortion? Of course, like I said, he said, uh, let's see what the bill says. The other one that fascinated me, and this one I thought was really interesting, do you want Ukraine to win the war? She said, uh, you know, are you going to send money to Ukraine? And he said, well, if I were there, this would have been over with uh, in one day. Now, what he should have said was the war never would have happened uh, if NATO hadn't wanted Ukraine in NATO. If they'd left Ukraine out of NATO, there would have been no war. That's what he should have said, because it's true. You know, in fact, Putin even admitted it. Uh, Putin had six points. Uh, Dr. Peter Prime, when he was alive, before I believe he was killed by a COVID shot, and then got his cancer six months later. We talked about this. We talked about the six points. You know, look up some of the old Dr. Peter Price shows. We talked about this before the Ukraine war ever happened. What we talked about uh, was the fact that there's no reason for this war. Zelensky is a, a, a puppet leader, you know, of, of, uh, of the West. Ukraine's a money laundering, um, bioweapon generating, you know, uh, adjunct of the deep state. <laughs> you know, that's, so, the, so, the, so Ukraine is part of the U.S. government. You know, so, 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 what he, so what is winning? So what he should have said was, do you expect Russia to surrender to the Ukraine? See, that, that's the same question. Do you want Ukraine to win? But it makes it absurd because the idea of Russia surrendering to the Ukraine is absurd. But how else do you find winning? Winning is when one side surrenders to the other. That's winning, right? See, most wars aren't won. Most wars are just stopped. And that's exactly what Trump said. He says, I want to stop the killing. It's a lot worse than you imagine. And it's true, it is. It's a lot worse than, uh, than we're being told, except for folks like Doug McGregor, uh, Colonel McGregor, and some other people who are, are telling the truth about Ukraine, and people who actually were there. You know, it, it's a slaughter. I mean, it's terrible. But again, it's Western arrogance. It's the arrogance of the deep state, permanent war class, military-industrial complex that insisted that Ukraine join NATO, a country right on the Russian border, and Russia retaliated uh, like we would have in Cuba if they hadn't pulled the missiles out. There would have been no difference with how we treated Cuba than how Russia is treating Ukraine. None. 
And so it was so easy to avoid. So Khrushchev avoided war with the United States by withdrawing the missiles. Well, in the same way, NATO could have stopped the war by withdrawing the application of uh, Ukraine to join NATO. Could have done it with a computer button. Would have been simple. Just, up, oh, change policy. Yep, Ukraine's no longer, we're no longer asking Ukraine to join NATO. That would have been it. No war. But see, the whole idea was to have a war. See, they wanted a war. They wanted a war because there's money in it. You know, billions of dollars in loans to the, the Ukraine money laundering bioweapons bank. <laughs> you know, uh, two separate operations, but that's what's going on. Or as Josie will tell you, child trafficking. And so there is no war to win there. The war is not going to be won in Ukraine. It's going to be stopped. But it's not going to be won, and Trump knows that. And so the idea, the, the fantasy of Caitlin, what's her name, the CNN um, Marxist deep state defender, you know, to talk about winning the war in Ukraine, he should have asked her, what does winning look like? You know, what, is, what does winning look like? Do you think, and again, do you think, I would ask, do you think Russia's going to go to the Ukraine and sign a, a, an unconditional surrender at, at a Ukraine bargaining table? And the answer is no. <laughs> so no one's going to win. Ukraine, Russia's not going to win either. Because Ukraine's not going to surrender. They're not trying to do that. They're just trying, well, I don't know what they're trying to do. That might not be true. Ukraine might surrender. So, what if, so here's the thing. What if Russia now says, okay, fine. If this war is going to be fought until Ukraine wins, we're going to force Ukraine to surrender. Now the war takes on a whole new level, and there's a whole bunch more death. And who would have caused that? The military-industrial complex deep state. What's the American people? We don't want this war. We want nothing to do with it. Ah, isn't this fun? <laughs> what else have I got? I mean, I, I, this is how I keep my sanity, by, by you know, lightening things up a little bit. Uh, I think I pretty much covered it. Oh, yeah, a couple more things Trump could say. Yeah, again, are you going to tell me what I can't say, can and can't say, is what she, he says she's... Slow down, Greg. He should say to any host, are you going to tell me what I can and can't say? In other words, you know, or the other one, are you going to answer all my questions for me? <laughs> yeah. Anyway, but it was a fascinating uh, debate. I highly recommend you, you view it. It's on Rumble. Um, sometimes uh, the, one of the biggest problems is commentators. So you've got to find a recording of it. It's on my Facebook page and on the Action Radio Group Facebook page. Uh, it's also on our Trump 2024 Facebook page. So I, I post it in three different places. And so you want to find one where there's no commentary over the debate. Now, the first one I found, the commentators were constantly talking over the debate. And I watched that for about a minute. <laughs> I said, these people are idiots. And they don't shut up. I, was, I wasn't listening to the commentary. I was waiting for them to shut up. And they didn't. So you've got to find a good commentary there. All right. So uh, I've got a bunch of other news. And I'll get into some articles. And, uh, you know, I don't think I'm, I, I'm, how do I fill two hours? I've just talked for 35 minutes, <laughs> 34 minutes. How do I do it? This is kind of a scary thought right there. All right, let's play some stuff, and I'll be right back. Greg Penglis here for my book, The Complete Guide to Flight Instruction. Everyone at some point in their life wants to learn how to fly. Few try. Even fewer go on to get a license. I believe a major reason for that is how we teach people how to fly. My book is designed to help you navigate the flight training system, but it's so much more than that. It really describes an entirely new way to teach flying. So if you've never tried a lesson or got discouraged in your training and quit for any reason, this book can help you. Don't be a rope pilot who just follows procedures. Be a thinking pilot who makes great decisions, who understands all the reasons why we do what we do. You can incorporate these principles into your own flight training at any time. The Complete Guide to Flight Instruction is featured on the Action Radio with Greg Panklos Facebook page and is available from Amazon.com. Well, that sounds good. 
Even better. Okay, how about your car? If you want the best service for your vehicle, please talk to James at Florida Stores Automotive. Conveniently located at 6715 Caroline Street in the historic district of Milton, Florida. Right between the Milton Bakery and the Blackwater Trail. Whether you need an oil change or an entire engine replaced, this is the place. The phone number is 850-623-6651. That's 850-623-6651. Call, ask questions, and get the information you need. Florida Stores Automotive is a full-service automotive shop for both domestic and imports, modern and classic. It is a family-owned business here in our Milton community. Open weekdays from 7.30 to 5 p.m., Florida Stores Automotive is a convenient place to keep your car maintained and on the road. Ask them about Firestone Tires and the rotation and maintenance plan. Florida Stores Automotive. I go there. You should, too. Do you know your way around healthcare, insurance, pharmacies, surgery, alternative treatments and choices? I don't. Which is why I'm so glad I met Priscilla Romans, had her on Action Radio, and learned about health patient advocacy. She is the founder of Great Care. And now as an affiliate of Great Care, we are proud to offer through our discount code, WYL, which stands for Write Your Laws, a 10% discount. Grace Care saves you both time and money. They provide medical advocacy, consultation, advice, and recommendations nationwide. Their website is gracecare.com. That's G-R-A-I-T-H care.com. You can email them at gracecare.adm at gmail.com or call them at 469-864-7149. That's 469-864-7149. Great care, better health through better knowledge and advocacy. Action Radio, part of the ADHD Radio Network, the ultimate free speech zone. We the people give our consent to be governed through writing the laws by which we are governed and have the power through juries to nullify the laws by which we do not consent to be governed. At Action Radio, we don't report the news. We are the news! Every other show reports what has happened. We talk about what can happen. From the questions no one has thought to ask, to the answers no one has thought to consider, to the actions no one has dared to take. That. Action Radio. So if you're live listening and you go to live chat, you'll see that um, Marco has left us a, an email talking about Vly. <laughs> looks, like a, looks like a pie. <laughs> I don't know, whatever. So they're, they're, they're kind of feasting over there in the Netherlands. You're making a movie, dude. I got a show to do. He's, he's sending me pie pictures. <laughs> You know, online. So if you go to live chat and you can go wikipedia.org slash wiki slash VLAAI. So you can look up V. Uh, if you're on podcast, you'll go up VLAAI. 
So that's what Marco is, is, is dining on, you know, somewhere in the afternoon, somewhere in the Netherlands. <laughs> well, I'm doing my show here in the morning, uh, 20 minutes to 8 in the morning here, um, live in uh, Milton, Florida, on the banks of the beautiful Blackwater River in the downtown historic district uh, on the Gulf of Mexico, near Pensacola. That's where we are. In case you're wondering. <laughs> anyway, so let's get back to uh, commentary. And then I've got articles. Um, and I've got so many articles. I'll see how many I get through. All right. So we've done our opening comments. Let's get some more here. So the, the highlight of the week, the, the thing that's being totally suppressed, the thing that you're not supposed to know about, is the fact that James Comer is a superstar at the House Oversight Committee. And he has found mountains of evidence of the, uh, the Brandon Mafia political crime family. Um, that they are basically as dishonest as it gets, that they uh, have made billions, not billions, but they made millions upon millions of dollars uh, and have no products or services to show for it. They don't actually have a business. Their business is corruption. <laughs> That's their business. You know, so it should, they, we, we should call them Corruption Incorporated. So the only business they have is Corruption Incorporated. That's the Biden business, Corruption Incorporated. And so it's, uh, that's what they do. You know, I don't know how to phrase it otherwise, because they offer, they, they've, they're, they're making millions of dollars. They offer no product and they offer no service except access, which is corruption. It's bribery, basically pay to play. So in other words, if you want to talk to the Bidens, you have to pay a whole bunch of money. But you've got to pay the whole family, <laughs> including the big guy. You know, and of course, the, the FBI has known about this for years, but the FBI is controlled by uh, the DOJ and the DOJ is controlled by the uh, deep state. So that's what we need to get. If you want to get rid of the deep state, get rid of the FBI. Sorry, FBI, KGB, who are listening, and the NSA and all the other folks. I need to take on them, too. But so we need to remove all domestic spying. See, the government is not supposed to know everything you do. It's called freedom, okay? And so when they say, well, if you, if you have nothing to hide, you have nothing to worry about, that's not true. What we have to worry about is an oppressive government. What we have to worry about is losing our freedom. I don't have to prove my innocence every second of the day. I don't. You know, I get to live my life. So, so the answer to the question, you know, if you've got nothing to hide, you have nothing to worry about. Well, what I have to worry about is you looking for something, you know, that, uh, that you think I'm hiding. That's the problem. The government looking for what they think you're hiding is an invasion of privacy, is an invasion of freedom. You cannot have liberty if you think the government is always looking at you. That's oppression. That's tyranny. So the answer is very simple when they say, you know, well, don't worry about it. We're just, uh, you know, or, or we're doing this for, for national security. No, you're not. You're doing it to make yourself more powerful. Let's get real. And so the protected class, the, the Bushes, the Clintons, the, uh, um, the Obamas, and, and uh, the Brandons, you know, um, they're protected. Their corruption is protected. Their, the Clinton Foundation is protected. Hillary Clinton is protected. Brandon's whole family is protected, including Hunter. They're protected. Because they're part of the elite. So, so they can do anything they want. And so, you know, justice for, for thee, but not for me. In other words, you. <laughs> Us. So, uh, and I would ask the, 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 um, the Brandons the same question. Well, if you've got nothing to hide, you've got nothing to worry about. Come on, testify. Open up your books. Let's go see that. Uh, let's see what's under the hood of that Corvette, as Ross Pro would say. Wow, we're going to look under the hood. We're going to see what's that great sucking sound. You know, the jobs that are going to Mexico. Ross Perot was a great guy. Actually, Ross Perot was a great guy, um, and in many ways a precursor to Trump. Maybe he didn't have enough money or enough uh, popularity, but Ross Perot was great. Uh, Ross Perot should have run as a Republican and defeated um, uh, who was he? I guess it was John McCain. Uh, no, who was he running against? No, he was as back Clinton. I'm sorry. So who ran? I forgot against Clinton. Whoever it was, it doesn't matter <laughs> because they lost. 
but Ross Perot should not have had to run as an independent because all it did, well, in many ways, it actually gave Clinton the election. That was the problem. So, but that, those are, that, that's, that's not as important what's going on today. So what's going on today is that the, uh, the, the uh, Democrat, you know, controlled Marxist media propaganda arm uh, is suppressing the fact that James Comer and Nancy Mace, uh, Jim Jordan, some other folks on the oversight committee are absolute superstars. I'm surprised Gates isn't on that committee, my congressman, but, you know, that's how it goes. Anyway, so they've uncovered stuff that we already knew. We knew all this corruption years ago. They're just stating it out as a fact because they're not getting the documents. But they're having trouble getting the documents. And I'll tell you, I've got an answer to that. I've got a couple of bills that I haven't really talked about much that answer a lot of these questions. And there's some of the things that are going out uh, in my, um, my press release this afternoon. So that's, that's another thing. James Comer, superstar, keep up what you're doing. Okay, Title 42. Title 42 ends today. And so Title 42 was the COVID urgency. You can't come into the country if you have a communicable disease COVID thing. But you'll notice that uh, the illegals were not given COVID shots. The illegals were not screened for COVID. The, the illegals just were brought in. Why? Because COVID is something that they use to oppress the Americans, American citizens. That's what COVID is all about. COVID is about government suppression. It's not about the virus. The virus is incidental. It's about making billions of dollars and, and, and achieving absolute political control and imposing national health care without a bill from Congress. That's what COVID is all about. So let's be blunt about it. Now it's ending. Okay. So, so millions of people are going to flood in here. Now, this is where the Republicans, if they had any, any, any balls, uh, they'd be at the border handing out millions of cards to people or have an ad campaign. Don't get comfortable. You're not staying. In fact, that would be a oh, – let me write that down too. Don't – we should call it the don't get comfortable, you're not staying campaign. Don't get comfortable. Comfortable, comfortable. You aren't, I'm back away from the microphone for a second. You aren't staying. So what do I mean by that? What do I mean by the fact that don't get comfortable, you aren't staying? Well, very simply, we need to put, uh, again, this is a psyop. This is a psychological operation. We need to put the fear into all these people coming into the country right now that this is only temporary. You're not going to be here for long. And this is something that the, uh, the Trump campaign should do. They should start doing it now. You know, they should have done it two years ago. They should have been handing out cards. They should be broadcasting on TV. Don't get comfortable. You're not staying. And, and force the brand insurrection to say, well, they are staying. To which the Trump campaign can say, but these are illegal aliens. They can't stay. Well, we're going to make them citizens. Well, you can't do that either. <laughs> you know, so Trump wins the rhetorical battle. But uh, so they really need to start instituting the don't get comfortable. You're not staying. I'm going to put that in my, uh, my list of things for... Um, my, my, my Trump campaign contact. So let's, 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 that'd be a great campaign. Campaign. Don't get comfortable. You're on stage. Don't. Uh, I have to write it twice. If I don't put it in this, if I don't put things in the same place, I can't find them. Well, you aren't staying. Yeah, let's go quotes and let's save. This, this brilliant piece of political oratory. <laughs> Sorry. Marco typed something in. Uh, oh, he's back. Oh, cherry vla. I thought it was a cherry pie. So, so Marco, who's typing a message occasionally from the Netherlands, is having cherry pie while I'm slaving away over hot microphone. <laughs> Thanks, Marco. Always appreciate having you out there. By the way, Netherlands audience is growing. Uh, Marco, you need to start a, an action radio club over there. And you do. You, know, you can be our, our European liaison. See if you can get me media appearances. I'm serious about this, too. I'm going to do Zoom calls. I'll, I'm happy to do Zoom. Uh, Eva, I want to talk to Eva. 
Eva's like my journalist crush, even though she's married. So it's all, it's all, uh, you know, it's all metaphorical, you know, but I want to talk to Eva Vlandingerbrook because she is the most gorgeous woman on the planet today. Uh, and she's also brilliant and you know, my favorite combination, right? So, so uh, Marco, you need to, you need to get me in contact with Eva and uh, set up a, uh, the action radio European network. Whether it be A R E N Aaron, <laughs> Aaron, we're going to set up the Aaron, the action radio European network. So, Marco, I'm gonna, if you want, Marco, I, I have big ideas for you. So uh, send me an email. <laughs> if you want, well, don't post it. Uh, email me at greg at writeyourloss.com. I'll notice you by what you say. Use Vly in the code. <laughs> Use anything else you've talked about you know, to prove it to you. That'd be fine. But greg at writeyourloss.com. That's how you can email me. And we should talk. Be, I want to have you as a guest as we can if we can, uh, if we can arrange it. You know, given your, your present uh, um, you know, situation, and uh, let's see what we can do. But uh, that'd be fun. All right, what else we got here? So this is going to end. So the answer to all these millions of illegals coming to the country is civil asset forfeiture. You take their stuff. What about all the illegals that don't have stuff? Well, they're not going to get stuff either because they're going to leave too. <laughs> you know, it's like you make it impossible for them. Yeah, all you have to do is make it impossible for these people to live here. And we have two acts to do that. The Citizen uh, ID Declaration Act, where you put, the, uh, put citizenship right on the driver's license. Uh, so that would get rid of uh, that would uh, be very interesting to see if the, the state of California will put fraudulent citizenship markings on their driver's license. They probably will. Uh, or they'll fight it. Who knows what will happen? We'll wait and see. But anyway, so that's what you do. And so you make it impossible. You, you uh, citizenship should be checked everywhere. Uh, credit cards, bank accounts, business licenses, uh, any health uh, or business or tax check by uh, government of, of a business should determine if they all have citizens. I mean, e-verify at a huge scale. Uh, mortgages, houses, rentals, uh, car purchases, um, and loans, credit, you know, I already said that. Um, but anything, you know, even, you can check car, citizenship for car rentals. I don't, care, I don't care what you check it for. Well, you're making everybody the immigration police. Um, Yes, <laughs> I am, as a matter of fact. In fact, I had an idea that the, the entire federal government should become ICE until the illegals are gone. So you, you delegate the 287,000 uh, infantry bureaucrat armed members of the federal government, you detail them all to ICE. Well, you put over a quarter million people in ICE, you know, armed agents, <laughs> that's a pretty good deterrent. They could do a lot of stuff for deportation. You'd scare the hell out of everybody else. They'd leave too. So you say, look, we're, you know, we're going to expand ICE. We're going to have, uh, have a million, to, we'll say like a quarter million uh, ICE, and then you have another quarter million bureaucrats backing them up. So you take half a million people in the federal government, you detail them to uh, Immigration and Customs Enforcement, uh, and so, and away you go, <laughs> you know, especially the IRS people, because the IRS agents, uh, the agents, they can seize the assets of people if they don't want to, you know, if you can't do it by computer, just, you know, walk in and lock it up like they do other stuff. So that's pretty. So that's how you deal with uh, all the illegals coming in here. Uh, the debt ceiling. Let's talk about the debt ceiling for a while. Okay. So the debt ceiling uh, is a lie. Now here's what happens. They tell you, they tell you that we have to increase the debt ceiling to avoid defaulting on the national debt. That's what they tell you. What do they not tell you? What they don't tell you, you know, is that they've already borrowed more money than the national debt allows. They have exceeded the national debt with congressional spending. They exceed the national debt, which is illegal because it's a debt ceiling, right? You can't go above the debt ceiling without authorization from Congress, but they do. They do. Oh, so Marco says, I heard the financial lady with the gray hair. Oh, yeah. Janet Yellen, the Treasury Secretary? She's an idiot. Or, or she just doesn't care, 
or she's making so much money it doesn't matter. I'd, I'd love to have her audit it. <laughs> in fact, everybody in the Fed should be audited. Everybody in the Treasury should be audited because they handle the money. He says the Republicans could increase the debt uh, so that we can pay our bills. Uh, say that uh, Oh, yeah. Well, actually, the, they're all lying. The Republicans and the Democrats, they're all lying. Nobody is telling the truth about this. We are. The truth is, the tr- I told you what the truth is not. The truth is not that we have to raise the debt ceiling to pay our obligations. The truth is they made obligations that could not be paid, could not be paid under the current debt ceiling. So in other words, they borrowed more money. They spent more money than the debt ceiling allowed. And then they said, well, we've, we've, these are our obligations. We have to raise the debt ceiling. No, you don't. You lower your spending below the debt ceiling because it was illegal to spend above the debt ceiling in the first place. That's the explanation. Uh, what does she think a bill is? I have no idea what she thinks a bill is. But my bill is very simple. A constitutional amendment to take away the power of Congress to borrow money. Very simple. All it does is, is delete from the Constitution the sentence that says, uh, in the first clause, Congress shall have the power to, and then you delete the part that says, borrow money on the, on the credit of the United States. You just take out the borrow money on the credit of the United States. Nine words. <laughs> take out those nine words, and there's no more borrowing by Congress. I can't do it. It's not there. So if you take away the power of Congress to borrow money, you end the national debt in about 30 or 40 years, depending on how fast they pay off the Treasury bills. So they will pay off because the debt gets paid off every year when the when the when the bill the treasury bonds treasury bills the things that they uh, loan out and float in order to uh, pay for the national debt. Well, I'm not sure exactly how it works, but they borrow a bunch of money. Uh, then they have to print a bunch of money, you know, to give to government to pay for you know these these things. Um, and the printing of money is what causes inflation. So if stop Congress borrowing money, then you stop uh, the printing of money extra beyond what's needed for the economy. You, the, the money stabilizes. The, the dollar value increases as the economy grows. Deflation happens. Deflation is a reversal of inflation. Inflation is where the value of our money that we work hard for and earn and save is transferred to the Federal Reserve, the private banks, and the government. That's what inflation is. Deflation is just the opposite. Deflation is where the value of the money increases and the transfer of wealth is from government and the Fed back to us. So in other words, Robin Hood economics, robbing from, no, taking back from the government that they stole from us. See, Robin Hood did not rob, rob the rich and give to the poor. Robin Hood robbed government to give people their taxes back. See, everybody forgets that, a little tidbit. So this would be Robin Hood taxation. This would be Robin, this would be the, uh, I should call it the Robin Hood Amendment. <laughs> you know, so, so I like that. Let me write that down too. So, so our constitutional amendment, constitutional. I've got a lot of notes from today. That's because I'm talking here. My constitutional amendment. We're going to call it the Robin Hood Amendment, Robin Hood Act, because it's stealing is not. Oh, I've got to stop using that word stealing. Robin Hood Act. It's taking the taxes and the money back from the government and giving it to we the people. And that's how you do it. You, you just, you just. Uh, Stop the borrowing, which stops inflation, which causes deflation, which causes the, the money to increase in value, which causes the value of money to flow back to the people in terms of dollars. So the savings are worth more. When the dollar is worth more, it takes fewer dollars to buy things. Well, that's good for people. You know, all these things are, are, are pretty easily done. So that, that's the national debt ceiling. So again, the lie is we have to raise the debt ceiling to meet our obligations. 
The truth is they made obligations that were illegal in the first place so they could force the debt ceiling to rise. That's what it is. Pretty much all I want to do. <laughs> um, let me take another, uh, another break now. 7.56, and I'll come back with articles for you. We'll sort of discuss this in the, in the, in the next hour. And uh, anybody wants to get a hold of me here, 215-383-3832, or you can go on live chat. And if you want to call on our Skype line, the international Skype line, you can do that. Uh, you call in today, and I'll, I'll see your account, and if it looks good, I'll verify it. Oh, by the way, I've deleted Bing. <laughs> Bing's artificial intelligence Bing is not going to be bothering me anymore. So that was kind of fun. I enjoyed doing that. Right, let's see what we got here now. So it's 7.30, 7.56. Yep, there we go, in the morning here. And let me just play you a few things, and we'll be back in a little bit. This is Greg Penglis for Strikeforce, your source for pure energy. Strikeforce is a concentrated energy drink that turns a half liter of your favorite beverage into an energy drink. You make your energy drink yourself. Action Radio is an affiliate of Strikeforce, so our listeners get a 20% discount. All you do is add our code, WYL, to the discount code window at checkout. WYL comes from our website, Write Your Laws. So, you can get your energy drink, a 20% discount, and help Action Radio change the relationship of we the people to our government. Not bad. Strikeforce is at StrikeforceEnergy.com. That's StrikeforceEnergy.com. Start your engines. Hello, this is Greg Penglis for our newest shooting range here in Milton, Florida. Stand your ground. My friend Jason Myers and crew are creating an incredible facility for our city. Stand Your Ground is located at 6632 Elva Street. The phone number is 850-789-1776. Their email is standyourground1776 at gmail.com. Here you'll find either in process or already going an indoor shooting range, axe throwing, archery, a rage room, self-defense classes, concealed carry weapons classes, security license training, paintball, a full-service gun store, and 24-7 online ordering. So come on down or contact them by phone, email, or website and learn how you can best stand your ground. Yeah, i got to go down there. It's actually uh, right in Milton, so it's a great place to, uh, to check out. Here at Action Radio, we are looking for sponsors. We have 30 and 60-second spots available for your announcements, and we have three-minute live call-ins to talk about your products and services available. Action Radio is the next evolution beyond talk radio. Join us and let us help your business evolve. Think about being a sponsor of the future and not just a listener and help us help your business grow as you help us plunge headlong into breaking new ground here on Action Radio every day. This is Greg Penglis. So what is Action Radio? It is a radio show with its own citizen legislature. That's you, the listener. It is a fully interactive system of listeners, expert guests, social media, writing bills, legislator input, bill submission, lobbying, and citizen action. Action Radio is the future of talk radio using all the available technology in one completely integrated new system.
You are listening to Action Radio Online with Greg Penglis. The webpage for all Action Radio shows and podcasts is blogtalkradio.com slash citizen action. Please share our show with all your friends and family, both nationally and internationally. The guiding principle of Action Radio is this. We the people give our consent to be governed through writing the laws by which we are governed. All right, we're back. It is the top of the hour, 8 a.m. Central Time here in the beautiful Gulf Coast, the Emerald Coast of uh, Florida here um, in the great uh, uh, soon-to-be-famous town, <laughs> since the show you know, goes worldwide in a big way, of uh, Milton, Florida. Anyway, it's, uh, let's get to the articles. So MSNBC, PMS, whatever you want to call it, anyway, MSNBC, uh, which is the liberal alternative to CNN, which is the liberal alternative to MSNBC. Anyway, uh, this is funny. Uh, so what they have to do now, what the, what the, the Marxist media has to do now uh, is, is said that this was going to fail all along. And so that's what MSNBC has done. They said CNN never should have done it. It was a terrible thing to do. Trump was going to win. So what they have to do is, is said that they knew all along this was going to be a failure. Of course, they didn't. They never said this before. They only said it after, right? So it doesn't count. But it's kind of funny. So uh, it's always fun to check out the liberal sources just to see what's going on. So the headline, MSNBC with Little Peacock, the NBC Peacock, says why CNN's Trump town hall was always doomed to fail. So, but they didn't say it until after it failed. <laughs> we, so we told you. We told you after it failed that it was going to fail. <laughs> Brilliant, right? Then it says, but truly, what did CNN or Kay, oh, Caitlin Collins, that's her name. I thought it was Collins, but I wasn't sure. Verification now. Uh, Caitlin Collins, what did you know, CNN or Caitlin Collins think what happened? Well, I think what they thought would happen was they get great ratings. And they think they thought they could defeat Trump. They thought they could make him look bad. They thought that uh, Caitlin Collins, for all her brilliance and journalistic credibility and accusatory tone, uh, and could just uh, flash that nasty look at Trump, and he would immediately wilt. And he would, he would uh, just knock on her and go, yes, you're right. I'm sorry. I can't believe I said the election was stolen. Well, it didn't happen. <laughs> Why? Because the election is stolen. See, the thing is, when you have truth on your side, you can, you can be so much stronger. I want to know, I don't know if Kate Collins knows the election was stolen. She probably does. Um, whether she is doing it anyway, so to say it wasn't, is she doing it to keep her job? Is she doing it because she just can't stand Trump and, and lying about him is okay? You know, it's, it's like, uh, uh, what is it? In, in Islam, it's okay to lie to an infidel because they're, they're subhuman anyway. It's kind of that, that same philosophy. It's okay to lie about Trump and to Trump because he's, he's subhuman to the, to the left. That's what they think. Anyway, so I have here, the article is by Mehdi Hassan, host of the Mehdi Hassan Show. I have no idea who this is because I don't listen to you know, left-wing propaganda made up uh, disinformation. M-E-H-I-H-A-S-A-N, Mehdi Hassan. Okay, there we go. And the quote is, they learned nothing and forget, forgot nothing. I'm not sure what that means, but anyway, apparently it's famous. Uh, uh, Mehdi Hassan says those famous words have been attributed to the 19th century, which would be 1800s, for those who don't understand why, why they mentioned the century names, and that would include me, by the way. Uh, French diplomat Talleyrand. I have no idea who that is either. Talleyrand? Sounds British. T-A-L-L-E-Y-R-A-N-D. Supposedly in reference to the Bourbon dynasty that replaced Napoleon. 
supposedly? <laughs> so you're quoting something you think is supposedly attributed to somebody else or something else? That's interesting. That's a, that's a great standard. Well, we think this was supposedly uh, about this, but we're going to quote it anyway. Hmm. This is why they have no standards. And then it says, but he, he could have been referring to CNN in the age of Donald Trump. We're in the Donald Trump age? Kind of nice credit, actually. Then it says, looking back on the 2016 election, the network's former chief, Jeff Zucker, Marxist, I think, admitted that it was a mistake for CNN to have run Trump rallies live and uninterrupted, in other words, without them censoring it, you know, illegally, well, not illegally, but without them censoring it. And then it says, and, and to have allowed him to say outrageous things or say things that weren't true. Well, see, that's not the job of media. Well, they can say that something said is not true, but what they can do is prevent people from saying it, because what's the point? That's censorship. And so what these folks are engaged in is, is censorship and propaganda. Of course, we all know that. But anyway, let's see what they say. Yet Wednesday night, seven years uh, on from the car crash coverage, I'm not sure what that means, CNN and CEO Chris Light, or is it Licht, L-I-C-H-T, Licht, Chris Licht, offered the twice impeached and newly in- indicted ex-president, <laughs> say how they characterize, this is how NBC characterizes Trump, twice impeached and newly indicted ex-president, not former president, ex-president. I'm not even going to go into all the propaganda in that title. Then it says, who was also found liable of defamation, in other words, saying bad things, and sexual abuse for somebody he never met just this week. Another live primetime platform to once again say outrageous things or say things that weren't true. Well, it's outrageous because they don't want people to hear it. That's what makes it outrageous. They say it's not true because they know it is true, but they don't want people to hear it. So in other words, anything that they're talking about here is stuff they don't want people to hear. They don't want people, they don't want people to hear the truth that the election was stolen. They don't want people to hear the truth that uh, all these things are to try and get Trump uh, you know, off the ballot in 2024. They, they don't want people to hear that, but that's true. Why else would they do that? You know, let's, let's talk about, uh, you know, you want to talk about uh, excesses of what's going on. You know, and it's like, a, like another article on this too, Santos. George Santos, oh my God, he lied on his resume. Let's get him out of office. He's guilty of several felonies. He lied on his resume. <gasps> oh, no. He lied on election forms. He lied on something like that. And, who, and who's going after them? The people that stole the election in a coup. <laughs> so, so let's talk about proportionality here. So you've got, you've got people who stole the election in a coup, installed a completely illegal government, have spent trillions of dollars illegally, have, have, are working a war in Ukraine illegally because it wasn't declared by Congress, are doing massive things illegally, and they're going after a guy who basically lied on his resume? That's insane. And yet that's what's happening. But insane is nothing new for us. Back to the article. Our, our person, our MSNBC person, says worse. The network put its star anchor and interviewer, Caitlin Collins. I've never heard of her personally. It's kind of cute, though. Caitlin Collins in a room full of Trump supporters. Oh, like that's a bad thing? <laughs> Wait a minute. Isn't this about New Hampshire and, uh, you know, people? The Democrats aren't going to vote for him. So why would you have a bunch of Democrats there? <laughs> There's no point in that. I mean, that's what I expected. I actually thought they were going to have Democrat plants all throughout this. Apparently they didn't. It actually looks like they had real Republican questioners, which is not bad. Anyway, then it says Caitlin Collins in a room full of Trump supporters who laughed at their cult leaders, crass jokes, and applauded his cheap insults. In other words, they laughed at his brilliance because he was brilliant. Uh, it, it made Collins look like an idiot. Uh, crass jokes? Uh, they just say that. Uh, and applauded his cheap insults. But they weren't cheap. They were actually right on. When he, when he told her that she was a, uh, uh, what do you say about her? Nasty woman, dangerous woman, uh, whatever it was, but he really put her down. You know, and it's true, but he, I, I have better insults from him next time. Then it says, including jabs at Collins herself. Uh, then the author says, by my count, seven of the nine audience questions came from people who supported Trump's 2020 re-election bid. 
Well, what do you think is going to happen when you put Trump in front of a room for Republicans, you stupid idiot? Of course the questions are going to be uh, from people who supported Trump's 2020 election bid. I guess, so let me ask, this is a good question for Marco too, you know, and, and everybody out there. Do, do, do CNN people really think that, that uh, Republicans don't like Donald Trump? Are they that believing of their own propaganda? Are they that sucked in by their own lies that they believe their own lies to where they think that Trump supporter, that Republicans don't support Trump? Trump, start again, Greg. Republicans support Trump in huge numbers. It's the deep state leaders of the Republican Party, the geldings, the gelding old party leaders like Mitch McConnell and uh, Mike Pence, the traitor, uh, and all these other folks. They're the ones who don't support Donald Trump. But the rest of us do. <laughs> you know, in fact, the only reason I'm a Republican is to, well, actually, I'm a, I register a Republican for two reasons. One, so I can vote in the primary. Um, and two, because uh, I support Donald Trump. That's it. <laughs> you know, and I want to vote for Donald Trump in the primary. Um, you know, you know who didn't come up last night? Now that I think about it, Robert Kennedy didn't come up last night. Now I know this is all Trump stuff, and I know it's all propaganda, but they didn't mention RFK, RFK Jr. He's the wild card. He's the one that takes the deep state away from the Democrats, the same way that Trump takes the deep state away from Republicans. That's why I'm really hoping for a uh, Robert Kennedy versus um, Donald Trump election. That's going to be fascinating. First of all, it'd be among two classy people. It'd be among two honest people. It'd be among two people who absolutely believe sincerely uh, in what they believe and say so. And, and two people with differences in policy. Let's, let's, you know, let's get it straight. There's, there's huge differences in policy between Robert Francis Kennedy uh, Jr. and uh, Donald Trump Jr. It's interesting to both juniors, too. I didn't think about that until just now. Uh, but that's okay. I don't mind policy differences. That's what elections are all and I favor Trump's vision over Robert Francis Kennedy's vision. But I could easily live with Robert Francis Kennedy, a Democrat, as president over any other Republican right now. That would not be a problem. And would I differ with him on certain policies? Absolutely. So what? It happens all the time. But at least I know he has integrity. He's not just saying stuff. Well, let's see, you know, of those that are running against um, Donald Trump right now, Republicans. Uh, well, I don't think Ron DeSantis is running. I think that's a myth. But you take um, Mike Pence. Uh, who else is running? Nikki Haley. Um, Asa Hutchinson, the, the, the rhino governor, former governor of Arkansas, you take anybody who's running against Trump. And uh, I would still rather have Robert Francis Kennedy Jr. as president than anybody who's, on the, who's in the Republican uh, race for president. So my choice would be Trump first, Robert Francis Kennedy second, and that's about it. <laughs> I don't think I would, I would want anybody else. So I'm going to have to have a double endorsement. You know, you know, either Trump first or Robert Francis Kennedy, and nobody else. So those would be my choices. In that order, Trump, Kennedy, nobody. Okay, so then they say they're star, network star anchor. <clears throat> so so they, they put their star, they put their champion. <clears throat> they put their best person up against Trump, and she lost horribly. It was really funny. So now, that, so now they have to recover from it. So if you want to have some fun, uh, watch the spin. Now, they have to spin it on CNN and MSNBC today to say that Caitlin really did win, that Trump was just lying the whole time. That he was insulting. He was a he was a boorish clod. He was he had uh, um, he was toxically masculine. He he was a white supremacist to the white woman. <laughs> I mean, you know, I don't know what they're going to say. It's going to be he's a racist. He's a he's a he's a something phobe. Remember my word from earlier, something phobe. So something phobe is a word when 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 they don't know quite what to describe you as, but they want to put you down. You're a something phobe. You know, or you you know, I would say, well, they're they're megaphobes. Doesn't that flow well, megaphobe? Megaphobe. You know, anyway, there we go. So then, so the last part of this is, so CNN, with this ridiculous town hall format, actually it was a really good town hall format. 
they're wrong. It was a really good town hall format. The, the moderator, Caitlin Collins, asked incredibly insulting derogatory questions, trying to trap Trump the whole time, and he responded with brilliant answers. It was great. That's a great forum because you know what she's going to do. You know, I, I just wish she'd accused her of being, uh, you know, a Marxist operative for the Democrat Party. That would have been more fun. Uh, or say, you know, the things I mentioned earlier in the previous hour. But uh, I thought the town hall format was brilliant. Uh, they did well. She took questions. What she didn't, and let, let's, let's give Caitlin Collins some credit here. Uh, I want to talk about something that she did not do that has bugged me for a long time. Anytime you have a debate forum like this, somebody from the audience will ask a question, and then one of the hosts will rephrase the question the way they want it. She didn't do that. So to her credit, you know, to her detriment, her mission was to make Trump look bad. That's what, that's what she was told to do, I'm sure. But to her credit, she did not take the questions from the audience and rephrase them. She let the question be asked. She let Trump answer it. And then she jumped in saying that wasn't true. <laughs> you know, so that's her, that's her detriment. But, but she did not rephrase the questions. And that is critical for any town hall. So the format itself is actually very good. The only problem was he had a bad moderator. So let's do the same town hall on uh, One American News uh, with Dan Ball moderating it. Or you know who would be good? Um, uh, what's her name? Uh, Chanel Rion. She should moderate one. Let's do the same thing. Let's have Chanel Rion. I got I to write this down on my talking points too for my uh, my letters. Let's have Chanel Rion uh, interview Biden. <laughs> oh, that'd be funny. So so let's so there we go. So let me put that up in my list. Let's have the same format. There we go. So if I want to hear, let's have the same format. Of OANN interviews Biden. <laughs> That'd be fun. I wrote Biden. <laughs> I forgot the N. Put the N in there. Biden. So uh, if you guys like anything I'm talking about here, I mean, feel free to uh, type in a live text. Um, I, I, do, I mean, I am taking which is okay. You guys listening and having fun? That's fine. That's fine with me. All right. So let's get to see if I finish the article. So CNN with this ridiculous town hall format and an audience seemingly recruited from the Mar-a-Lago parking lot. <laughs> That's actually a good line. That's pretty funny. No, it's recruited from a conservative college in New Hampshire. Who the hell did they expect was going to be in the audience? They asked for Republicans. They even, they even, can't, they even uh, advertised it was going to be an audience of Republicans and non-committed voters. Of course, all the people that voted, all the people that asked questions were Trump votes. That's always so funny. Uh, obviously, they didn't screen the questions ahead of time either um, because they, wouldn't, they would have wanted, you know, Trump gotcha questions like the ones Caitlin Collins was asking. Then it says from the Mar-a-Lago parking lot, uh, put its own anchor in a position to fail. Uh, actually, I think for what she was given uh, as far as an impossible mission of trying to look bad by lying about everything he says, that was an impossible mission. So she, she would not have been able to succeed. But she did, a, she did a, a really good job of trying to make Trump look bad. It's just that you can't do that because he, he's got the truth behind him. Anyway, it says the only way Collins really could have se- even semi-succeeded would have been if she had ignored the audience and the, former entirely, uh, and the format entirely and instead tried to pin Trump down on each and every one of his false and offensive statements. Actually, that's what she did, except there's only one problem. They weren't false. <laughs> you know, so, so trying to pin Trump down on things that are true, she's never going to succeed. All she can do is lie about it. When, she said, when he, Trump says the election was stolen, she can say the election wasn't stolen. There's no evidence. And of course, there's mountains of evidence. You just don't want to look at it. There's the response, right? And so but obviously, we all know the election was stolen. 
So for her to say there's no evidence that the election was stolen is patently false. So she can say that all she wants, but it has no effect. It has no meaning because we all know the election was stolen. You know, this is fascinating. Anyway, so much for for CNN. Okay, where do we want to go next? I've got so many different articles here. I want to to, uh, try something totally different. Uh, I've got here. Oh, this should be fun. Let's talk about the Kremlin. (laughs) Okay, so um, I've got a bunch of, of, uh, you know, one of my best sources of information now is Substack. Substack, I think, is great. Uh, Not just because I write for it at gregpenglis at substack.com, but because people can write truth and it's not censored. It's not, uh, uh, it's not edited. It's not, it doesn't have to go through a, a CNN or MSNBC or a social media, FBI, Twitter, date filter. You can just say things. That's what I do. It's kind of cool, actually. Well, you see my press release. In fact, I'll probably put my press release as a Substack article. That'd be interesting. I don't think anybody's ever done that. Huh. All right. Dr. Joseph Sansone, my newest favorite author. Drone strike on Kremlin, absolutely insane. The drone, this is from May 9th, so two days ago. The drone strike on the Kremlin ha- last week was absolutely insane. Russia is blaming the U.S. For being, be- for being behind the drone strike, which Russia claimed was carried out by Ukraine. It says the United States naturally denied the allegation, just like they denied, you know, uh, Brandon denied that uh, Brandon blew up the Nord Stream pipeline, even though we pretty much know that Brandon blew up the Nord Stream pipeline. Right? Then it says uh, Ukraine, although engaged in drone attacks within the Russian border, has also denied any involvement. Well, that's interesting. Well, who the hell sent the, the drone into the Kremlin then? <laughs> you don't think the Russians sent a drone into their own Kremlin? I mean, that's possible. That's like the Reichstag fire. You know, it's like 9-11 when the building, building 7 blew up, you know, without an airplane hitting it. Well, that was convenient. <laughs> you know, so uh, how much was false flag and how much was real terrorism? We don't know yet. They're not telling us uh, because they know. <laughs> anyway, so, so it says Ukraine, although engaged in drone attacks within the Russian border. Oh, there we go. Apparently, the type of drone utilized would require launching from nearby the Kremlin within Russia. Oh, that's interesting. Russia claims this was an attempt at assassination of Putin. I think his residence is a little far away. It hit the big tower on top. Uh, then it says, now, you know, everything in the Kremlin is behind these huge walls. <laughs> you know, so a drone. And how did a drone get that close? So you know what's going to happen is Russia's going to now put, like, drone repellent. I don't think a machine gun towers or something. It's going to be interesting. Uh, or maybe they'll have drones ready, like assassination drones. You know, and that's, how do you kill a drone? Well, you kill it with another drone. You run a drone into it. <laughs> you know, so you have a drone with a little bit of, little mini radar. Or, uh, or some kind of mini sensor that detects other drones, uh, and you just launch, or you just manually fly it into the other. Well, that might be hard to do, but uh, yeah, you make a little missile out of a drone. Drone missiles. It's going to happen. Air, fighter planes are obsolete. Uh, fire, fighter planes are already obsolete. It's all going to be done with drones because drones don't feel G forces. Drone planes don't have limitations. They don't have to. Uh, they can stay up there for months. They don't have to eat. They don't have to pee. <laughs> drones. You know, drones. Uh, drones can stay up there indefinitely, right? As long as the power supply is there. Keep refueling the drone. They could be up there for years, like a satellite. So drones are the future. Fighter planes are obsolete, just like aircraft carriers are obsolete. Oh, I'll talk about that another day. You can ask me about that, too. Article on the A-10 coming up after this. We're going to have a little bit of fun. All right, so then the article says, Western media have asserted that the drone attack was a false flag. In other words, it didn't happen. Actually conducted by Russia, or it, or it happened, but it was done by government. Um. There are those that, that uh, talk about some of these school assassinations as false flag. In other words, they're staged. They didn't really happen. Nobody died. I don't believe that. What I do believe is that the government uses these things uh, to, to do everything they can to take all your guns away, even though you had nothing to do with it. So in other words, disarm the citizen because criminals kill people. 
Well, that's like closing banks because they get robbed. <laughs> it, is, it is just that insane. That's like making vehicles illegal because people drive drunk. Well, stop the people driving drunk if we take away all the cars. Yeah, it will. But then society grinds to a crashing halt. And besides, we have a right to drive. Oh, they're showing that too. Anyway, so this idea, this, um, you know, the, all the stuff that's happening here is, 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 is quite fascinating to me. Anyway, then it says, um, well, the war is a total waste of time. It never should happen. This is Western media have asserted that the drone attack was oh, a false flag. That's where I was going with this. So I do not believe that the um, – I believe Sandy Hook happened. I believe that these school shootings are real, but, uh, and I believe that uh, the, guy, you know, the, the deep state wants to take guns away so they use them. But I also believe that the assassins themselves are created by the left. You know, and uh, we'll talk about mental issues. It, you know, if mental issues cause you to have your guns taken away, why don't they cause you to have your – Knives, baseball bats, cars, lawnmowers, hedge trimmers, sharp objects, hammers, <laughs> forks. Why don't they cause everything else to be taken away? Well, guns can reach out farther. Oh, so can a flamethrower. You can drive a car pretty fast. Um, if somebody's mentally unstable to the point where you think they're dangerous, they shouldn't be on the roads driving. Who was it that just ran a pickup into a whole bunch of people? You know, vehicle assassination is a real thing. So if they're too dangerous for guns, they're obviously too dangerous to drive. They're too dangerous to be out in society with knives, sharp objects, screwdrivers. You can kill people with a pencil. I saw that on a, a John Wick film. <laughs> yeah, with a pencil. He killed people, six people with a pencil. Okay? I, I love trashy films like that. Anyway. Um, but yeah, if somebody's dangerous, they're dangerous. Okay? If they're, if they're that mentally unstable, then you put them in the padded cell. Otherwise, you leave them alone. So this whole idea of mental health as a way to, to confiscate guns and nothing else, why don't you freeze the bank accounts too? You know, if somebody is mentally that unstable, how about Hunter Biden? There's, there's someone who's mentally unstable, who bought a gun fraudulently, lied on the form, you know, does drugs, is a crackhead, you know, leaves his computers lying around <laughs> for us to find. How come he's not judgmentally unstable? You know, how come he has a gun? So that'd be a good thing for the Republicans to take away Hunter Biden's guns. But I don't believe in, in this, this idea of taking things away from people before they've done something. And, who, and so who, who's mentally unstable? Well, how do, you, how do you create somebody mentally unstable? Well, you put them through the government schools. Uh, if they're male, you tell them they're toxically masculine. Uh, you, you put them on Ritalin. You put them on a serious, Ritalin Adderall. You put them on, on uh, the drugs to convert them into uh, you know, a mind-numb zombie. And then you, uh, the next thing you do is you put them on antidepressants. You know, psychotropic drugs, uh, uh, was it serotonin reuptake inhibitors that don't work? We know they don't work. I got a dog barking across the street, distracting me. I might have to close my windows. I'll let you know. <laughs> um, and the next thing you do is you institute uh, uh, trans surgery and drugs on them. In other words, elective cosmetic surgery and drugs, uh, especially on minors, or the pressure to do it, or the pressure of, uh, of gender destruction. You know, of sexual identity destruction, of, of t- telling people they're not who they are. I mean, that's that's child abuse. You tell a child they're not who they are. You know, if you tell a boy he's not a boy, that's child abuse. That should be classified as such. You tell a girl she's not a girl, that's child abuse. So you combine all these things that you want. To, this is how you create school assassins, right? You make people mentally unstable. You do it with uh, ADHD drugs, psychotropic drugs, and trans drugs and, and surgery. That's how you create assassins, because you look at the people who are doing this, the trans 
alleged person. I don't believe in trans. You know, I, I should, we didn't need a new name. Uh, trans, identif- trans identity. That's too long. I'll think of something short. Uh, or, or we'll think of something. Anyway, so you've got the person, you know, trans claiming. <laughs> okay. So you've got trans claiming person who killed the people in Nashville. You've got all the way back to uh, Columbine. They were on Lovex, Prozac, on the psych- psychotropics. So that's how you create school assassins. The left creates school assassins because it's the left that does all the, uh, the trans child abuse, that does all the uh, uh, antidepressant abuse, that does all the toxic masculine abuse. So if you want to know the root cause of, of school shootings, it's the left. And then they create victims because they want to disarm people. They have armament zones like schools. Gun-free zones are what I call uh, you know, victim disarmament zones, and they're basically uh, you know, targets. So much for false flags. So the government does false flags in order to scare the hell out of you to, to talk about something that really didn't ha- or take something that did happen, characterize it completely differently um, or, or actually say that it didn't happen. So false flags, I don't know how much is false flag. I, I'm still, my jury, my, my logic and reason filter is still out in terms of false flags. But we'll talk about that more. So there we go. So then it says Western media have asserted that the drone attack was a false flag actually conducted by Russia. Interestingly, any mention of a false flag operation regarding domestic attacks from September 11, 2001, in other words, 9-11, uh, to school shootings, didn't I just talk about those? <laughs> uh, to the painfully obvious January 6 false flag, yeah, the insurrection, in other words, the coup under the Capitol, right? We've talked about that. That they say is automatically dismissed as a conspiracy theory. And what do we say about conspiracy theories? What did I, oh, I, gotta, what did I call them yesterday? I had I had to oh I gotta look, I gotta look at my notes because I had a really great comment for what a conspiracy theory is. Uh, oh, hang on, let me check my notes here. I had a response. So this is, I'm getting ahead of myself. Conspiracy theory. What did I call them? A conspiracy theory is. I can't find it. I've forgotten. They may remember. Type it in. I still like the word megaphobe. I'll find it. <laughs> I know I wrote it down here somewhere. Theory. Where's my defense of what the conspiracy theory is? Uh, I'll find it. I'm sorry. I apologize. <laughs> it's in my notes here somewhere. Yeah. Anyway, then it's, <laughs> uh, let me go back in this article here just a bit so I can sort of recap where we are. So anyway, so September 11th, school shootings, painfully obvious January 6th is automatically dismissed as a conspiracy theory. Apparently, the term false flag is approved when applied to foreign governments only. Then he says, I digress. Then he says, former CIA agent Larry Johnson has stated that the U.S. was behind the attack. Oh, really? This is where it gets interesting. Johnson claimed a potential motive for attempting to assassinate Putin may have been to get Russia to escalate the conflict, drawing the U.S. deeper into the conflict. Yeah, so, so the U.S. attacked the Kremlin to have them respond so that we could spend more money in Ukraine. Then it says, Democrat presidential candidate RFK Jr., whose father and uncle are largely believed to have been assassinated by the CIA, denounced the attack as reckless. I agree. This drone attack was beyond reckless. It's absolutely insane. Imagine the response if it was believed that Russia launched a drone attack on the White House in an effort to assassinate the president. Well, that's interesting. Yes, even the fake president. That'd be more interesting. (laughs) If this was an attack, if this was in fact an attack on the Kremlin launched by the West, Putin's response has been quite disciplined. If this was a false flag attack by Russia, it's worth pointing out that uh, that would be just as insane. <laughs> Either way, this is a dangerous escalation. The responsible thing to do once this conflict started was to de-escalate it. That's what Trump's called for, right? Call Russia a few names and then work out a peace deal. 
ceding the Russian-speaking parts of Ukraine to Russia and guarantees of no further NATO expansion. Instead, the exact opposite was done. Well, see, now I wouldn't concede anything at this point. What I would do is let them figure it out. So my response to this was to never include uh, Ukraine in NATO, to basically not include any Eastern European country in NATO. Actually, we should get out of NATO. We should tell Europe this is a European problem. This is a European-Russian problem. You guys figure it out. Put no money in it. Put no arms in it. Put no input into it except as a, as a negotiating platform. If uh, Putin and uh, Zelensky want to meet in Iceland, like when Reagan met Gorbachev on neutral ground, and talk about this with Trump facilitating it, I'm all for that. But I am not for any money. I never was for going for Ukraine. This should not have been settled by war. This should have been settled by negotiation. There was no reason to go to war. The only reason that they went to war, the Russia went to war, is because NATO wanted Ukraine as part of NATO. And that was the insane part. And that was the part most easily was easily uh, corrected. Does anybody's life change if Russia, if, if Ukraine, except for Ukrainians, does anybody's life change in the United States if Ukraine is or is not part of NATO? No. Except for the fact that we're now in a war. But had, it, had uh, Ukraine not become part of NATO, our lives would have gone on like nothing had happened. Then it says, unfortunately, World War III may have already begun, and we may, be, we may just see a series of escalatory steps until the point of no return is reached and a nuclear war ensues. See, that's what everybody's afraid of except for the, the, uh, the military-industrial complex. I wonder if they want a nuclear war. That's a scary question. Then it says, hopefully we have not already reached the point of no return. I don't think so. Thus far, it seems like we are sleepwalking into World War III. No, I don't think we're sleepwalking. I think they're, 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 they're wide awake running into World War III. He says, there appears to be a total lack of respect for the potential devastation that would follow if this war continues to escalate. According to Colonel Douglas McGregor, someone I quote, and I've had on the show here, by the way, uh, I'd love to get Doug back. Uh, he's a fabulous guest and a brilliant man. Hopefully he'll be Secretary of Defense in the Trump uh, administration, but we'll see. Anyway, he says there's over 300,000 dead uh, Ukrainian soldiers, not counting civilians. Did you hear that on the news? Did you know 300,000? That's more than uh, there are armed bureaucrats in, in the federal government. Sorry. 300,000 dead Ukrainian soldiers, not counting civilians. Regarding financial aid, 70 billion of the 118 billion dedicated to the war is lost. Gone. Sorry. Russia is winning the war and will not likely stop until Ukraine is not a threat to Russia in the same way that Mexico is not perceived as a military threat to the United States. You guys remember the Mexican-American War? Remember when we chased Pancho Villa back over the border? A couple of different incidents in our history. Oh, yeah, we fought with Mexico. You guys remember the Alamo? Anyway, Ukraine has essentially been destroyed in an unnecessary proxy war that was doomed to failure just as Russia fighting the United States via proxy war with Mexico would fail. Yeah, uh, I think Russia tried to start a war uh, through Mexico with us. I'm not sure when that was. Then he says, I am speaking of a military confrontation. The unfettered illegal immigration is a very successful proxy war against the United States waged by globalists within and without the United States. The deep state is a greater enemy than any foreign government. Well, we said that too. The deep state, our greatest enemy, and Trump said that recently too. He, when asked, you know, who's our greatest enemy, Russia or China? He said, no, our own people. Our own deep state is the greatest enemy to this country right now. The globalists are our number one enemy. The Democrat Party is a terrorist organization. Look what they're doing to this country. They've stolen the government. They've imposed ridiculous conditions. They've started a war that never should have been started. Um, they've basically bankrupt us. They're, they're putting trillions of dollars into stupid things. They mandated things that were completely unconstitutional during COVID. So did Trump, by the way, too. 
um, and so did the, the, the gelding Republicans. So this is called the deep state. The deep state has ruined this country in two years. This is what happens when the government steals the government. This is what happens when the government chooses the government. This is what happens when you have a situation where uh, the people have lost any power to do anything. Why do you think I started Action Radio? I just think it's an interesting twist of history that the one time, you know, when somebody, <laughs> me, um, starts a radio show dedicated to we the people writing our own laws and sending them to government saying, here, we want you to pass this. At the very time when the government was stolen. That's God. <laughs> That's not a coincidence, folks. Um, so I just need your support to do something. Share the show, share the bills. Otherwise, we're not getting anywhere. It's very simple. Back to the article. Recently, Dr. Ron Paul highlighted a string of NATO failures, summed up the events landing, uh, leading to the, U- the conflict in Ukraine. He says, after a series of failures longer than we have space for here, D.C.-controlled NATO in 2014 decided to go all in and target Russia itself for, quote, regime change. In other words, overthrowing their government. Hey, does that sound familiar? First step was overthrowing the democratically elected Ukrainian government, which Victoria Nuland and the rest of the neocons took care of. See, the, 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 Ukraine was, the only reason Ukraine is doing this is because the government was overthrown. The legitimate government of Ukraine was overthrown, just like ours was overthrown, just like Brazil's was overthrown, Mexico's, and a bunch of other places. France, another country uh, that the, government was, the legitimate government was overthrown in election fraud. So not only is it happening here, it's happening all over the place. Anyway, it says for, he says, for, Ron Paul says, excuse me, first step was overthrowing the democratically elected Ukrainian government, which Victoria Nuland and the rest of the neocons took care of. Next was the eight years of massive NATO military assistance to Ukraine's coup government with intent of fighting Russia. See, this has been the plan for years. Finally, it was the 2022 rejection of Russia's request to negotiate a European security agreement that would prevent NATO armies circling its border. We talked about that on the show, the six points of uh, Putin's plan. Then we have to take all of them. We could negotiate them. But the point was Putin wanted a negotiated European agreement. Putin wanted peace. Putin wanted to talk us out. Putin wanted to uh, deal with this in a civil and proper way. It's NATO that caused the war. It's NATO that did this. And the U.S. runs NATO. NATO apparently runs Europe uh, because Europe should have said, no, we reject this. Well, they're only, so, but what they're doing is they're, they're kind of going along with it, and, but putting minimal money into it. That's Marco. He knows what's going on. Marco, what's going on there uh, in terms of uh, how much NATO commitment there is? And why, didn't Europe, why doesn't Europe reject NATO? Why doesn't, I mean, and I'm sure the Netherlands is part of NATO. Why don't you just guys get out of it? You know, we, we need nations to drop NATO. It's, it's cause, you know, this could cause World War III. I don't think it's going to. But potentially, this is horrible. But Brandon, you've got an insane person in the presidency who has no idea what he's doing. He's doing what he's told to do. You've got Obama running the things behind the scene who hates this country with a passion. That alone should tell you not what's going on. And the government was stolen. Trump's absolutely right. So why CNN? Why, I wonder why CNN? And why is the left so afraid of this? Why are they so against Trump making the country great? Well, they're megaphobes. I love that term, megaphobe. You're a megaphobe. <laughs> you know. You know, you want, uh, you don't want uh, MAGA, you know, you want, uh, you know, MAS, <laughs> make America suck. <laughs> and I say no MAS, which means no more in Spanish. So no MAS, no make America suck. Back to the article. I'm almost done with this. In fact, we'll have our guests. Uh, the, I, I'm going to stop talking at the top of the hour, so, uh, <laughs> which would be a relief for me. I, you try doing this. It's not easy. Anyway, article says the sooner the recognition that Russia has won the war, the better the chances that it will not escalate any further. 
Sometimes when you have a losing hand, you just need to fold. Now is not the time to bluff or even worse, double bluff. So let's talk about that first sentence. The sooner the recognition that Russia has won the war, the better the chances that it will not escalate any further. So what does Caitlin Collins, CNN's darling little, you know, uh, premier interviewer and, and news anchor say? Are you for Ukraine winning the war? Well, if that's the question, Trump has the best answer. I'm for stopping the deaths, for negotiating a settlement. And yet, the people that want, you know, I would ask her, do you want a nuclear war? Is that what you're trying for? What does winning look like? And do you expect Russia to surrender? How do you win this war? You don't. Because Russia's not going to surrender to the Ukraine. I'll tell you that right now, any more than we would surrender to Cuba. Next one. What's next? Fighting China to the last Chinese soldier? <laughs> That's a good question. Provo- provocations with China are extremely concerning because the West attitude towards Russia. The country with the world's largest nuclear stockpile has been completely reckless. This would only cause China to be more reactionary to any provocations. Yeah. Dr. Ron Paul continues with a warning about starting a war with China. He says, so now despite its legacy of failure, 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 my additional words, NATO has decided to start a conflict with China, perhaps to take attention off its disaster in Ukraine. Last week, NATO announced that it would, will open its first ever Asia office in Japan. What's NATO doing in Japan? What's next? NATO membership for Taiwan? <laughs> That's a really good question. Will Taiwan willingly serve as NATO's newest Ukraine? Sacrificing itself to China in the name of blundering NATO's seemingly endless appetite for conflict. We need to get out of NATO, folks. We need to end NATO now. Uh, we just defund it, get out of it. There's no reason for it. You know, when Mac eventually comes back on the show here, like he used to be on, that's one of the questions I'm going to ask him. You've got to get us out of NATO. You've got to defund it. You've got to stop this nonsense. And if it means shutting down the government to, uh, to do a bunch of things, then you're going to have to shut down the government. Then, he said, then the article, the author says, a NATO presence in Southeast Asia will likely be viewed as an aggressive military move. Of course it will. After all, NATO, which was originally a defensive military alliance, has morphed into what appears increasingly offensive, an offensive military alliance. <clears throat> Excuse me. NATO, in some ways, is resembling the ancient Athenian League, which started as a defensive military alliance and became offensive. What would, uh, we go, what would be an appropriate response by China? A military buildup will stand off in Southeast Asia. You know, it says, oh, a military buildup and standoff in Southeast Asia? It was a question. I'm sorry. Or will they begin a new military alliance in Central America? Well, that should be interesting. Or maybe a Russian-Chinese-led military alliance in Central America. What would be an appropriate response? What would China do? It's going to be interesting. They're already building up in Southeast Asia. What's Vietnam going to do? I'm just curious. Vietnam's right there on the coast. How about Korea? What are they going to do? You know, would North Korea attack South Korea uh, when China attacks Taiwan? Good timing, right? Back to the article. The answer to these questions is uncertain. Military intervention has blowback. This blowback works in a similar way as moral hazards do in economics. When interfering with the free enterprise system, sometimes predictable, the blowback is often unexpected and disproportionate. That's why I'm going to be writing a bill soon to uh, take away the power, not just uh, to, uh, but uh, to ban um, the federal government from uh, bailing out anybody, uh, to end all their subsidies to end any tipping of the scales in favor of any industry. Comprehensive. I'm going to call it the Free Market Act of 2023. So it's going to take a while. It's going to be the big one. <laughs> so stand by for the Free Market Act of 2023. The next last paragraph, the post-Cold War Pax Americana was short-lived. Pax Americana, it's, it's Latin for, for the American peace. It says the, the strategic advantage after the fall 
of the Soviet Union was squashed, squandered, excuse me, with a couple uh, stupid wars in the Mideast fought with borrowed money from China, excessive domestic deficit spending, a disintegration of both borders, and so on. The harsh reality is that the U.S. can't win a war against Russia and China, and it may not be so clear that a war with Russia can be won. At some point, it would be prudent to reinvestigate the concept of mutually assured destruction. Isn't that great? That's a great article. So I want to get this person on the, on the show, Dr. Joseph Sansone. Can I get his background? Joseph? Be interesting to see. Okay, so, so that, this is fabulous. I mean, this, this is a great article. It spells it right out. Um, but the Pax Americana, let's talk about that for a couple of minutes. What was the Pax Americana? Um, that was, you know, after World War II when we had all the factories and we had the Navy and we had the Air Force and we had, uh, we had everything. Of course, we blew it in Korea five years later. But we had, um, we don't, I think it was like five years. <laughs> so five years after World War II, we kind of ran things. And we had the consumer economy. You know, through the 50s and, and, the, and the 60s, they started spending money in 70s, et cetera, et cetera. We kind of blew it. But after the, uh, the Soviet Union collapsed into the Russian Federation, a couple things should have happened. NATO should have been disbanded. No war should have been allowed after that. It should not have allowed uh, Iraq, uh, Kuwait, um, Afghanistan, Ukraine. There's no reason for any of those things. And we would have saved trillions of dollars. Yeah, it'd be interesting to, to talk to a leftist and say, look, you know, if we hadn't gone to wars that you guys wanted, in Iraq, Afghanistan, and Ukraine, we'd have enough money to give everybody a huge voucher for, for health care. Oh, wouldn't that be interesting? All right, I don't have any more stuff to play for you, so let me play some music. Is there anything else here on my, on my, my fun list of things to do, of my, uh, my music list? I've got, I, could play you music, I could play you themes from shows we don't hear anymore. <laughs> That'd be kind of funny. Uh, I'm, just, I'm just going through all my stuff here. What... what uh, Boy, I did a lot of, I played a lot of interviews here. This is kind of cool. Oh, wow, I'm going to play some more of these here. Uh, what can I play that I haven't played for a while? You got three minutes? No, I'll do that. I'm just looking at my stuff here. Let me see if I, should I give you one of my classical pieces? Yeah, let's go back to classical music. Uh, so just take a little break here. Allow me to stand up, stretch a bit. <laughs> then go back and do, I want to talk about two bills. Uh, that are in the press release um, that you don't hear about. So let's take a little time. That's a little bit longer. Where's my three-minute one here? I'm looking for, um, hang on. Ah, there it is. Nope, that's, oh, that's that's kind of a funny piece. (laughs) Do I want to play that? This is what happens when you improvise the radio show. Not a lot of this stuff is planned out, as you can tell. Um, That one's too long. Let's do the January white sale. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> now, that, now that it pissed everybody off, I haven't played this one for a while. Uh, so back in three minutes. Here it is, America. The answer to riots, brutality, and all our racial problems. The return of the January White Sale. Are you a guilt-ridden white person? Are you a person of no color? Do you want to finally assuage that guilt for slavery, the Civil War, the KKK, and black people sitting at the back of the bus? Well, here is your long-awaited answer. The Black Lives Matter Department of Reparations has come up with the perfect solution, the return of the January white sale. Now, in years past, this was a big deal. After Christmas, sheets, towels, pillowcases, and other white linens were sold with their biggest discount of the year. In today's new normal world, however, things are going to be very different because Black Lives Matter is changing the original white sale, and now they are actually going to be auctioning off and selling white people. 
You, white, guilt-ridden, ashamed of your whiteness, complete cowards, bowing your heads, kneeling, raising your hands like at a revival meeting. You, you with your eyes cast down, you whimpering liberals hoping to buy your way out of a debt of guilt that can never be fully repaid because no leftist of color wants you to. You, you will have the chance to experience what no black person experiences in the United States today. Slavery. Yeah, that's right. Slavery. Isn't this great? You will be on the cutting edge of social justice, and you will save the taxpayers some $14 trillion of reparations national debt. Black Lives Matter has gone to a lot of trouble to erase our history and remake society so guilty white people can finally feel free of their white supremacy. George Soros and Bill Gates have already created the Venture Capital Fund to establish Race Bait Consulting, Incorporated, which will be handling the actual white person sale in January. So, who is available for purchase? Oh, and part of the deal is that white people can't be bought by other white people. That would defeat the whole theme of the event. Anyway, to the question. Your basic rifle on the pickup truck, racist, sexist, Islamophobe, Neanderthal, redneck male, is probably not going to sit around and be put in an auction even if they will be well cared for by their new owners. What we will have available are liberal, surrendering, grilly man metrosexuals and emotionally distraught and disillusioned feminists, both of whom have already knelt before a designated agent of Black Lives Matter to confess their white privilege. So how do you guilt-ridden white people sign up for the January white sale? It's easy. Contact your local chapter of Black Lives Matter, show up at a rally with a flag saying, take me for the January white sale, or simply sign up at the next mass kneeling confession of white privilege coming to a neighborhood near you. The new January white sale is made possible by a grant from Racebait Industries, Incorporated, and put on by the new normal, new improved Black Lives Matter. See all the fun we have here? <laughs> I, I really can't believe some of the stuff I get away with, but it really is a good time. All right, so just checking messages, see if anybody's happening here. It looks, looks good. So uh, CJ, CJ should join us in, in just a little bit. Um, Marco texts in from, uh, on live chat from uh, the Netherlands. He says, Europe has always, I guess, d- neglected NATO. Trump has warned them uh, they should pay more. Well, he actually dem- he really forced them to pay more. Uh, they laughed at him. He says, I have the videos to prove they laughed at him. I'm sure they laughed at him. Everybody laughed at Trump, uh, you know, until he wins. <laughs> you know, that's like, uh, you know, it, it, they always want to laugh at ridicule. So they try and ridicule him to try and defeat him. That's what that was about. Then it says, now Trump is gone, and suddenly they act like NATO is the most important thing in the world. Yeah, because we're still paying for it. So, so Europe only values NATO uh, when the United States pays for it. That means us, the taxpayers, we taxpayers. Then it says, but in fact, USA has been the sole member of NATO for years. Europe did not contribute. Yeah, well, that's the thing. So this is why we need to cut all funding to NATO. So we need to cut NATO. Um, uh, the U.S. should just leave it. Just walk out. Same thing with the U.N. Ship the U.N. to uh, uh, Brussels, where the rest of the world government is. You know, where NATO's in uh, Brussels. The U.N. should go to Brussels. Who else is in Brussels? The European Union's in Brussels. Brussels is like the world capital of communism. <laughs> world communism capital of Brussels. Uh, I haven't been there. I've been to Belgium. I love Belgium. Ghent and Bruges and some other beautiful places. I had no interest in Brussels. I don't like big government. All right, let's get to a couple of bills here. So in my press release, um, I'm going to talk about a couple of bills that I really haven't talked about much on the show here. So the press release is going to cover um, all the things that really need doing and all the bills that are not being uh, you know, put out in the national news. The ones you know, but the usual ones you know about vaccine product liability, ending big tech censorship, um, constitutional uh, amendment to take away the power of Congress to borrow money, uh, the disarmament of the Federal Bureau of Infantry, uh, a couple of other things. 
But one of the ones you don't know about is the Financial Accountability and Public Disclosure Act of 2019. Let me say that again slowly. <laughs> the Financial Accountability and Public Disclosure Act of 2019. So this bill is already three years old. <laughs> right? uh, and so what this was to do was to, um, to actually have people, uh, it's basically a, it calls for a 30-day comment period um, so that uh, we can actually see what the bills are, see what's in them, and actually Congress can see what's in the bills too. So any bill over $100 million would go to public comment, much like regulations do. The difference with regulation is no one knows about them unless they read the Federal Register and the agencies don't care about the comments. <laughs> but at least if it was a Congress bill of a substantial amount of money, journalists might actually look into it and the propagandists will say what they want about it. So December 30th, 2019, this one, this is one of mine. Uh, introduction. Little notice during the final agonizing throes of the House Democrat impeachment hearings was a budget bill that was snuck through with a vote in the dead of the night. Like so many before it, this bill spent billions of dollars. There were no hearings I know on it, and it was put together by lobbyists and leadership members who, in effect, did all the legislating. The Senate and House regular members facing an imminent government shutdown by design were forced into a horrible choice, approve the spending or shut down the government. This should sound very familiar to people because it happens all the time, right? And they do it because it works. Then I said, and the biggest problem of all was that the members had no idea what was in the bill or the previous budget bill or other bills like it or any of the continuing resolutions, or any spending bill, where all the provisions of the bill only appear in the bill after it is passed. The members had no time to read the bill, to ask questions, to think of other options, to make amendments, to consult their constituents, to talk about it on the media so the public would be informed. In fact, no legislative function was allowed at all because of the incredible time constraints and the pressure to just do it now. That is completely unacceptable. This new standard of budgets and appropriations so eloquently articulated by Speaker Nancy Pelosi during the Obamacare debate that you have to, quote, pass the bill to see what's in it, she actually said that, is in fact legislation in reverse. And it is the current standard of the congressional budgeting. That is constitutional. It is not a, in a Republican form of government to have leadership and lobbyists budget by secret deal in return for campaign and other contributions from their favorite lobbyists. That's bribery or in the current trendy language, a quid pro quo, which is Latin for this for that. Lobbyists cannot replace legislators in a republic, and leadership cannot replace membership in the House and Senate. Fortunately, there is a rather simple solution. Here's my rather simple solution. <laughs> no bill, which includes a budget, a continuing resolution, a reset of the debt ceiling, da 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 da, da um, or any bill with an expenditure beyond $100 million, shall be put for a final vote of the House and Senate until there has been a separate for each bill, public disclosure and comment time period for 30 days on a public internet site from the date of which such bills are placed in their final form. That's really important. Publication of any such bill shall take place after all individual votes and any conference votes for both the House and Senate. The bill is intended for public disclosure and comment of the final form of the bill, not bills that are in process. Then I got a bunch of other things, a uh, bunch of other things, but that essentially is the bill. So what it does is says for any bill over $100, $100 million, now that you admit, gee, Greg, that's kind of a low threshold. I don't care. I want, all I'm asking them to do is to disclose it in public. You know, they don't have to do an entire multi-million dollar media campaign on it, but as long as they disclose it. So any bill over $100 million has to be put on a public internet site for anybody to look at, including Congress, for 30 days. You might even want to say 60 days. That might even be better. But, you know, we'll, we'll lead up to, let's see what Congress comes up with. But I'm just putting 30 days and $100 million. 
So it goes there for public comment. Now they have to do this before the, you know, um, in its final form. So it would have to be before the final votes. But in other words, they've done it. The bill is in final form. It's ready for passage, yay or nay. No, the amendments are done. Everything's done. The conference is done. They've worked all the details. This is the final form of the bill. This is the bill they're taking the vote on, yay or nay. Then it goes for 30 days of public comment. But Greg, but Greg, they won't have time. The government will shut down. That's not my problem. They should have thought of that 30 days beforehand. So what I'm saying is if the government shuts down, the government shuts down. I don't care. Then plan ahead, you stupid idiots. You've got 13 appropriations bills in the normal budgeting process. It should never get to this point. And those 13 appropriations should be long enough before the fiscal year ends so they can easily, 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 easily put them for 30 days before public comment. Now, what's going to be interesting is what happens after public comment, because they can take those bills back and go, you know what, we need some amendments. Oh, gee, how about that? Yeah, I don't think we need the, to study the, study the uh, mating habits of Madagascan cockroaches. Yeah, how about that? Yeah, I don't think we need to give uh, a secret $100 billion to Ukraine under the table. Hmm, that'd be interesting. Yeah, I think maybe we should audit some of our agencies spending money on ridiculous, stupid things. Yeah, wouldn't that be cool? See, that's the whole point of it. The whole point of this is to bring accountability before a bill's final passage. The point of this is to get around this last-minute horrible budgeting where you have to pass this or the government will shut down. Okay. Well, that's by design. That's like saying you have to raise the debt ceiling to cover our obligations when the obligations were illegal because they, they exceeded the debt ceiling. You, you, have to, uh, you, know, you have to pass the spending bill before the government shuts down. Okay. Well, then cut the spending so the government won't shut down. The answers are painfully easily, easy. You just have to, to look for Just don't listen to what they say directly. So here's another one. So here's my other bill. is Congressional Oversight Electronic Storage and Retrieval Act. So where did this come from? Let me say it again. Congressional Oversight Electronic Storage and Retrieval Act. So this bill is November 19th, 2017. It's about the same time as I wrote the other one. Let me see what the other one was. And that was December 30th, 2019. So I wrote this one about uh, six weeks ahead. So the logic of this bill... Um, the reason I wrote it was because of what happens to this day. Congress requests a document. The feds, you know, like the FBI, like the, the document on Hunter Biden that they, from three years ago, you know, that they, they may get it, they may not. The FBI may say, oh, sorry, we lost it. I don't know where it is. Bureaucratic oversight. It was misfiled. <laughs> you know, anything like that, right? Um, so all that stuff. You know, although they'll hand it back, you know, redacted. In other words, it's blacked out. <laughs> so they'll take a document, you know, dear sir, black out everything else. Sincerely, you know, uh, the feds. <laughs> you know, and everything in the middle is gone because that's what they do. So what I thought, well, let me just read it. And I'll tell you I'll tell that and see if it makes sense. So Congressional Oversight Electronic Storage and Retrieval Act, and this is from uh, – 2017. I said, uh, what if all documents created by every federal agency were automatically sent to Congress and put in an electric storage vault, electronic storage vault? Let me say that again. What if all documents created by every federal agency were automatically sent to Congress and put in an electronic storage vault? Bill is very short. It says Congress could not read the documents anytime they wanted. They would still have to go through whatever due process, subpoena, or other to acquire the documents. The difference is that once due process allows for the oversight committee to see any document or set of documents, they would already be in Congress and would be instantly available, thus making stonewalling or delaying any document, I should also in here, uh, redacting any document, uh, transfer impossible since the documents would already be in Congress. 
This could also facilitate Freedom of Information Act information, in other words, FOIA, Freedom of Information Act requests, as Congress might authorize the release of documents incriminating or embarrassing of public agencies, departments, and officers. All administration computers would be tied to the storage vault, like any online backup service, just that they would be backed up in Congress. Any memo or other document not produced by computer would have to be transferred manually. Failure to do so would result in severe prison time. One provision could also make the production of documents of manually, not by computer, a felony as well. So in other words, and I may have to write this and extend it, but basically what this bill says, very simply, is that any document produced by any federal agency, uh, put on a computer, sent to somebody, anything that happens, it's automatically automatically sent to the Congressional Storage Vault, electronic storage vault. But Congress can't read it unless it comes up, unless they learn about it, uh, and they send a subpoena, they do, it's part of an oversight. You know, when, um, when someone says, oh, I'll, I'll get back to you on that document, so oh, don't bother, we got it right here. They can look it up and find it. <laughs> you know, well, just, just uh, pull it up on your computer, and uh, or we'll pull it up on our computer, what, what's the link? <laughs> you know, so they can do that right there in the hearing. So that would greatly facilitate uh, finding out what's going on. So they couldn't. So, and I would say to the agencies, well, look, if you've got nothing to hide, you're on a government computer. It's what you do. You work for the public. So we should be able to see everything you're doing. I mean, if you've got nothing to hide. And so what about an ongoing investigation? And I say, what about an ongoing investigation? There's nothing magic about an ongoing investigation that says that Congress cannot provide oversight during the investigation. That would just be stupid. But yet that's what goes on. They say, well, it's part of an ongoing investigation. You know, I don't have to comment on it. Oh, give me a break. What's the other one they say? Goes to sources and methods. That's the other thing the FBI does to uh, to get around stuff. Looks like we got CJ on the line already. Hey, CJ, we'll be talking soon. Waiting, we have a guest. Uh, I'm going to butcher uh, her name, Tracelia Young, Green Compass Global. So I'll wait for Tracelia. Hopefully she'll join us soon. I probably completely botched that, but CJ will tell me in a second. Anyway, I want to finish this up. Uh, CJ's Wellness Watch. Uh, starts, which means I, don't, I can stop talking. I've been talking. See, yeah, I've been talking for two hours. Do you believe it? <laughs> a couple little breaks here and there. Anyway, so the, 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 back to the storage and retrieval, the whole purpose of this is so that the feds can't hide their documents, that they can't suppress documents, that uh, if Congress wants to investigate something, they've already got the document. They just have to request it, pull it up from the electronic storage. Well, that'd be a good backup. It's kind of like an archive. And then they could archive all those documents to the federal archives. So we could do research years later. And find out who shot Kennedy, <laughs> you know, in the CIA. Um, but those are the kind of things uh, that, uh, that I would be talking about. Well, in fact, let me, um, let me bring on uh, – I need a – well, I still have to make a wish for you. So I'm going to play – to get us in the mood here, I'm going to play another wellness. It's for somebody else. I apologize. But I just want to uh, get a little intro music to kind of get us in the mood uh, to totally get off politics and talk about um, – well, here's one I haven't played for a while. This is one I made for oh, – is I play that one or play – no, let's do the wellness one. I got Chancey Terry and Sidney Cagle. Uh, Chancey Terry was our wellness person. Cindy, Cindy Cagle was our medical freedom person. Hopefully I'll get them both back. So wrong name, but right theme. And we'll be right back with, uh, with CJ. What is health? What does it take to stay healthy? We have a longer lifespan than 100 years ago, but is the quality of life any better? 100 years ago, their food was better. They got more exercise. They weren't as fat. They didn't have preservatives, antidepressants, sugar in everything, and they didn't have vaccines. If you talk about alternative health care, people think of crystals, incense, strange candles, crystal balls, Ouija boards, 
notions, potions, lotions, and total hippies telling you to detox, man. So let's change our system of sick care into wellness. Let's get healthy. Let's lower our stress, stop taking in poisons, eat and drink organic, clean food, and let's have a chat with Chancy Terry, because this is Wine, Weed, and Wellness Wednesday. Hey, CJ, how you doing? I'm good. How are you? I'm on a great time. Like I said, I'm just glad that you're going to be talking soon and not me. Um, so what do you think of that theme? If I took that theme and just took out Chancy's name, unless she comes back, you know, I'll, I'll save it. But uh, um, but would you like the, the, the theme of the theme? Does that make sense for wellness? Yes. Okay. Yes. Yes. All right. I'll make a new one. I did. I did. Go ahead. Yeah. I did. I did. Well, I want to give everybody um, a heads up first. I'll talk for a little bit, and then you can let me know um, when our guest guest comes on. But mm-hmm. that being said, then you said, can say her name. Have... <laughs> you can say her uh, name. Tracy Lee. <laughs> it's uh, Tra- Tracy Lee. Tracy Lee Young. Oh, that's a, that's how you pronounce it. Oh, good. Thank you. That's so much easier. Yeah. Yeah. So um, I hope Lee. I didn't botch it, but I'm pretty sure that's that's it. Um, okay. So I've been on several phone calls this morning, and I have been. I told you guys before that I'm on the last leg of this phone, and I'm trying to upgrade my phone, but I really don't want to spend a thousand dollars for a new phone. So. Anyway, heads up, if I drop the call, I will call back in. Um, Sounds fine now. But, yes. Uh, oh, there's okay. your guest. Okay, good. Go ahead. Yep. Oh, good. Good, good, good. Yeah, I'm excited to have her on. So, however, if you want to bring her on, I can, well, you know, I'll briefly I w- I inter- have a introduce little, her. Are you, are you up for a challenge? Sure. Okay. Here's what I normally do with our guest of the day. I have, I have my guest of the day thing, which has a drum roll. And then I have music in the background, which is soft enough that you can talk over it. So here's what we're going to do. Ah. You're going to do the you're going to do the guest of the day intro. And so what I'm going to do ah. is I, I'll just say take it as soon as you hear the drum roll. You, well, first of all, you're going to uh, I'll say go, and then you'll say our guest of the day is, and then you hear the drum roll, and then you announce her name, and then uh, talk about her. Sound good? Okay. Re- you ready? Good. Okay. Uh-huh. Now you say and our guest of the day is. And our guest of the day is. Tracy Lee Young. Uh, she is a single mother of eight. Um, she lost their father to cancer in 2018. She's been uh, very fortunate to have been coached and mentored by several top income earners and leaders in the wellness industry. And she has a wealth of knowledge regarding all the things, health, natural wellness, self-care, plant medicine, and she's helped over 45,000 patients get back their lives um, with her compassionate care and medical clinics that she has partnered with. So I'm super excited to be aligned with Tracy Lee, and I'm excited to have some fun conversation today. (laughs) That's awesome. I love it. Isn't that fun? Now, now, now Tracy Lee, it, 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 it's interesting that you have such a, you know, it, it's kind of, I had no idea what, uh, what uh, CJ was going to say. Uh, that, it's a very serious topic, very serious background, and that music was way too happy. So you might find a little incongruity there. But other than that, we do take the most serious topics and do, you know, kind of have a little bit of fun. So, so feel free. Tracy Lee, welcome to the show. How are you doing? Thank you. Oh, I'm doing fantastic. Thanks for having me. No, oh, my pleasure. CJ, yeah, tell me about your great. guest. Say that again. I said, tell me about your guest. I'm going to turn it over to you. I've been talking the last two hours. 
It's been really fun, okay, but. Well, like <laughs> <laughs> we have we we have done um, a live show together um, one time, so that's kind of how I met Tracy through a, a a mutual business partner and and friend, and so I know that she has a lot of knowledge and that comes along the side of what I do and my thought process, and she offers a lot of things that maybe I cannot or things that I don't know. So I like learning from everybody. And so mm-hmm. I thought today we had a little bit of a conversation as to what we'd start off with talking about. And I, I did forewarn, Tracy Lee, that we squirrel a lot. So um, Oh, yeah, she's, we're all over the place. We, you know, herding cats in the rain is what we call it. Actually, that's a Jeff Metcalf quote, a yeah. friend of mine here. So, yeah. so nothing is off base, off topic, and we're so ADHD around here that just, you know, hang on. <laughs> Good luck with it. Yeah, yeah. So she's, she's totally okay with that. And I did tell her, you know, we talk about some serious subjects, but we also, you know, like to uh, be a little lighthearted about it, even though some of the subjects are are, are serious. But Yeah, that's so we don't hey, go insane. To, that's That's self-preservation. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. So today, um, when we had talked, we talked about really addressing. Uh, I wanna, I wanna call it. And Tracy Lee, like I said, you can just chime in over talk to me. We're not, you know, this is just a, a fireside chat to just answer and more of um, um, external um, health hygiene, like that, that sort of thing. Um, more personal care. That's the word. Personal care from a holistic perspective, going along the lines of we address both men and women. So collagen, the difference, what is the purpose of, of collagen? Why is it even more so important now, maybe versus six years ago? I don't know if that's a true statement or not. That was just my personal spin on it. I don't even know what collagen um, is. So we, we, we have to start with the yeah, basics for, have, us, for us as non-wellness <laughs> people. Yeah, I, right. and, I'm, and Tracy, if you want to give a little background on yourself too, feel free. Uh, so we kind yeah, of get a, yeah. an and idea where you're coming from. Down, um, the personal health route of, you know, the cosmetics for women, what they should and shouldn't be looking for, European standards, um, mm. deodorant. Because our skin, you know, our skin is our biggest organ. So, right. so we've talked about detoxing. We've talked about all the things. So I don't necessarily want to get into specifically all that today. I would like to go over the importance and what are the options as far as self-care topics that we can do to minimize hmm. putting in putting in more chemicals and toxic stuff onto our skin, which is the biggest organ, and then feeding our skin through collagen. So those are kind of kind of the root I would well, like to good. today's conversation. So well, um, obviously, Tracy, Tracy you you're going to be back. I can, I can say around Tracy, you're, you're going to be back. I mean, we, we need you for a few weeks. <laughs> With all the things that CJ has mentioned, we, we've, we've got quite an agenda already. So uh, we'll just take the recording and, and CJ, just just make every time you have a new topic, just make a note, and we'll just you know bring Tracy back on that. <laughs> like maybe two or three per show. I think we'll be yeah. good. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So Tracy, go ahead and kind of introduce, elaborate a little about. Um, you know, what you do, I, you probably heard the, the brief intro, um, but if you want to go ahead and start with that, and then you and I can kind of go into the whole collagen thing first. Yeah, absolutely. Um, so, you know, everybody's got a story, and mine, you know, began um, <laughs> a long time ago, um, but, you know, I, I became a mom very, very, very young, and so, you know, I sort of um, had to buckle down and, and put on my big girl panties real early. And, and I just sort of forged my way into um, 
the big bad world, you know, and I don't know what, what happens to other moms, but for me, learning about our environment and health and wellness and all those things was really important. And, you know, I felt responsible, of course, for, you know, what was going into my children's mouths and, and all of that. Um, I, you know, climbed the corporate ladder and was very, very fortunate to work side by side with um, some very well-known people that have really, truly made a difference in the world. And, and but, you know, Can I you was, name some names? You can name names. I don't care as long as you know we're not uh, libel or slandering. But go ahead. I don't mind. Probably name. my. You know, I think the biggest gift to me was working side by side with uh, Jim Gennard, who's the founder of not only Oakley, the brand, but also Red Camera. And you know, the guy is an absolute genius. And um, I'm familiar. He truth, That's all new he, to me. He, Oh, yeah, he's unbelievable, and, and I learned so much from him that I've been able to apply in my own hmm. businesses and, and life. So Let's get him uh, on the show. CJ, Tracy, what do you think? Say it, say it again? Why don't we get him on the show? Uh, that would be phenomenal. I don't know if okay. we could, but I, I'll definitely Look, I've had Peter him. Navarro, Trump's senior advisor. We can do anything on this show. So just, uh, we yeah, don't, we don't, yeah. Limitations don't exist. Yeah, that's true. There is no no. Yeah, I'd love to. There, I would love to. There is no no to. at Action Radio. I, gotta write, I like that. There is no there no go. at Action Radio. I'm going to put that down. <laughs> don't mind me. I'm just... I'm just... <laughs> well, if that's the case, then we'll get Tom Cruise on. Um, yeah. Oh, there so, we go. You know, I'm just this is radio. You don't, you don't get eye candy here, okay? You, you can't go, Tom Cruise is on the show. Ooh, we can't have the deep sides, okay, babes? You know, we can't. Uh, the... CJ, this is, she's a great guest. This is funny. Okay. How, how, all right. So let's, 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 full disclosure, how many times have you seen Maverick, uh, Top Gun Maverick? Come on. How many times? Come on. I'm uncountable. <laughs> yeah, I do enjoy him. I, you know, but I think it's more of a respect thing. You know, I mean, he's he is beautiful, but gosh, the the guy's accomplished so much more than necessary in life. You know, um, that's like saying I, I look at Playboy for the articles. Come on, sell the truth. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. That's okay. That's <laughs> I've been there and done that too. <laughs> okay. Have you been in movie star? Now I really, now I'm really curious. Uh, I've been in movies. Um, you have? What? You know, yeah. Mom, where can I see yeah, you? I'll get yeah. the video. Uh, it's not funny. I was in uh, a dumb movie, but it was really fun to do with. Um, it was uh, Arnold Schwarzenegger, Danny DeVito, Emma Thompson, called Junior, where um, <laughs> I thought that Arnold was the twin pregnant. thing. Uh, yeah, it was a different movie, but yeah, you know, similar characters. Um, Arnold, yeah, could you talk to him? Yeah, my name is Arnold Schwarzenegger. Yeah, I was governor of California. I believe in freedom as long as you do what I say. I'll be back. Wow. Well, if this radio thing doesn't work, you can you can absolutely be an impersonator on stage. That'd be good. What do you mean if this radio thing doesn't work? <laughs> I'm just teasing you. Oh boy, you just opened up. Mm. But I have to tell you, Tracy, the force is with us. We are strong in the force here. Yoda said so. Mm. The man of many we will. Yes. <laughs> Sorry. 
That is awesome. Um, Thank you. That is awesome. <laughs> yeah, been there, done that. Uh, spent a lot of time uh, at the Playboy Mansion with Hugh Hefner and all what? kinds of movie well, I, stars. I want to, I want to interview fun. myself. Now, forget this wellness thing. I want to just talk to you about your life. <laughs> this is really great. <laughs> so you met Hugh? Did you, did you wear pajamas all day? I mean, this is great stuff. He did wear pajamas all day with his robe. <laughs> oh, that's fascinating. So what does one do with the, What's inside I, the Playboy Mansion? I, I'm sorry, CJ. This is just way too much fun. I'm having a good time here. But, uh, we'll get to what we will get to wellness. Okay. So I mean, uh, we can talk about Hugh Hefner's nutritional program. I mean, if you want to do that, and did he were you know slap himself with collagen? I mean, that's okay. We can relate this. I just want to know what's inside the Playboy Mansion, other than bunnies. <laughs> um, a, a lot of people usually. Mm-hmm. Really. What do you do there? Oh yeah, a lot what's, of what's inside the mansion? Give me, give me a quick tour. Um, so you walk in, it's a humongous foyer with um a beautiful double staircase to the left that go up to the bedrooms oh, of and that under. You know, yeah. to the left. <laughs> uh, um, <laughs> through the through the doorway underneath the stairway arch is sort of a big study with, you know, the, the in-home theater. And, um, it's spectacular. It's spectacular in the backyard. You know, the, mm-hmm. the pool is just unbelievable. And you actually go into this big, huge rock kind of formation um, around the pool and that's where there's all kinds of game rooms and um, massage rooms and, you know, all kinds of things. Um, massage rooms. Yeah, it's, uh-huh. yeah, yeah, right. I'm sure they're therapeutic. And, um, oh, very therapeutic, I'm sure. <laughs> Everybody comes out happy, if you know what I mean, right? Okay. I, I see how this works. Okay. Welcome to the happy um, massage oh, room. Good time. Okay, good time. Is this a, is a very this good time. <laughs> it was a very good talk, or, or a very good time. Um, but, yeah, been. absolutely. Most of the people there are over the age of 20, so it was important to teach them about collagen because that's about the time when your body stops um, <laughs> making oh, its own collagen. Segue. Oh, that was a good, good, segue. Segue. good segue. Let's stop talking about the mansion. Let's get on to collagen now. I'm, I can give you a round of applause just for that. That alone is, is worth another one. <laughs> okay, oh, back to you, CJ. Funny. I've had my fun. <laughs> yeah, that was awesome. Um, well, yeah, let's talk about collagen. I mean, um, you know, right now it's sort of the trend, right? Everybody's talking about one or they've got one, you know, that they'll try and sell you. But honestly, collagen is just a group of proteins, and those proteins make up about a third of the protein in your body. And and what the job of collagen is is to provide structure for tissues, you know, like cartilage, skin, tendons, things like that. Um. The the interesting thing is that your body absorbs um, the amino acids that are in the foods that you eat, and it creates its own collagen. But for whatever reason, after about 20, our body loses the ability to create it from the amino acids in our food on its own. And so that's why supplementation is so important. Um, you know, there's tons of collagens out there, but... Everybody really needs to be aware of quality. 
um, that's where people are get, getting into trouble is, um, you know, a lot of people, you can find, you know, marine collagen, which is great, but the majority of the marine collagen out there um, is derived from tilapia, and I don't know if you know much about tilapia, but that That's is something you should not, yeah, you shouldn't eat tilapia, yeah. probably the filthiest fish it's out there. probably one of the worst fishes the worst fish out there. Yeah. Why is that? But it's, you know, it's easy to find. It's a bottom feeder. Just, you know, it's so it lobster. literally. And they're great. <laughs> that too. How about that one? <laughs> Let's go pay a bunch of money for <laughs> for that. <laughs> no, I don't want lobster collagen. I want them on my dinner plate. <laughs> There's a difference. Yeah, right, right. Um, so, yeah, I mean, there's five types of collagen, um, and okay. it's good for you to sort of mix them all up. Um, some people, you know, will just do a type 1, which is mainly comes from bovine, which is cow, right? Um, but that type 1 collagen is mostly found in our skin, our bones, our ligaments, and they even say that they'll find it in, in our teeth. So... That one's really important, and it helps to give your skin elasticity and hydration. Um, so type 1 is, I think, one of the most important. Um, what part like of the I'm cow do they take it from? Where on your bovine cow. do you find the collagen? <laughs> Hoof, tail, ear? Mostly from bones and, um, you know, all the things after they so, cut um, all the meat off. Wait, after they made hot dogs? After <laughs> they made the hot dogs. That's exactly right. Okay. <laughs> what was you the question? Would you say that um, it's more challenging for um, vegans like myself or vegetarians to get collagen? Well, you can get some plant proteins, but it's it's pretty hard to do. Um, I mean, if you're really super strict and you're not going to even, you know, um, take a collagen that comes from eggshells, that is the type X um, collagen, they get it from the membrane of the eggshell, and it really rich in collagen, but it's also rich in the amino acids. So it's a good one, but some people, you know, are, are even opposed to the eggshell membrane. Outside of that, it would be very difficult. So what are we trying to do here? I'm, I'm, I'm kind of curious for, for those of us in the, the uh, you know, the skeptical and educated, you know, what, you know collagen camp, uh, are we trying to make our skin more youthful? Are we trying to preserve it? Are we trying to, like if you said, elasticity? Are we trying to prevent sunburn, make it not age? What would, why are we doing this? Yeah, absolutely. Um, to give back, All of the above? you know, maybe, a, yeah, maybe a more youthful appearance. You know, I mean, there are certainly, I'm sure, I don't know how old you are, but I'm sure you can look at somebody else your same age and, and no, sometimes you're like, wow, do I look huh. like that? You know, you know, mm. they maybe didn't age as well as you probably have. It's, mm -hmm. it's just a difference in the way our bodies have produced collagen and have we supplemented it or not. 
Um, I think it also hmm. has to do with, you know, the water and the, your nutrition and all those kinds of Does things. Does it but help your skin hold water? Does it, you mentioned hydrating earlier. Absolutely. It helps with hydration. Yep. You bet. Absolutely. And, and I want both of you for this one. Why is that important? Why, why is the water content of your skin important? I mean, I can think of reasons, but I, I want, I'm curious what you guys think. Well, your body is, is mainly water. You, okay. <laughs> you wanna you wanna make sure you stay hydrated. And and you'll notice, you know, dehydration. People that have mm-hmm. sort of sunken eyes and gray, you know, lines under their eyes oh, and really? their skin sort of looks gray. Yeah, those are those are prime signs of dehydration. Uh somebody that goes I don't in think the skin is dehydrating. Know. I think of like our body of not having enough, you know, water to, to have all the functions work properly. You know, and to keep cool and do the other well. things that, but your skin actually dehydrates. This, well, I mean, I mean, I guess everything dehydrates. Um, but what what do you lose when you're so, so you get wrinkles and things? What else happens to your skin? Uh, it's gonna get. It can get really dry, of course. I mean, that's sort of the obvious. But I think it just looks aged a lot faster than it should. Okay. But, you know, there's, there's also, you know, the function, like you're talking about, you know, the internal side of the body, um, okay. you know, the effects can be, you know, you might not have the support that you need for your organs because everything is just sort of failing with the hydration. You know, everything is plump and it sort of stays in its place. But as you can imagine, you know, a water balloon with a slow leak, right, it mm-hmm. suddenly just starts, you know, sagging more and more and more and more and that's what happens inside your body you know the same is true with your veins you know if you were in in need of blood or something like that and if you were dehydrated they would have a very difficult time finding a vein to put a needle into okay correct does it go to blood pressure too and you know what's interesting cj yeah go ahead tell me i stay really 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 hydrated just because of you know, what I used to have as health challenges, which I don't anymore as a little girl, um, you know, I'm used to drinking a lot of water, but not only, you know, water, but you want to make sure, you know, depending if you're filtering water and whatnot, which which I do, is putting back in minerals and or, you know, using a lot of lemon and lime in your water because water, water is great. But if you put, like, a teaspoon of pink Himalayan sea salt in your water and drink it, you're replacing the minerals, and it's a lot more um, absorption-friendly, and it, it makes your body and your cells a lot more hydrated. And, I mean, that in general, you know, will plump up your skin, will, will keep you hi- hydrated, will keep the glow. I mean, like, like we said, you're mostly made up of of water, and I know, um, you know, sometimes when you have to fast, so to speak, for blood work or something like that, I know there have been one or two times um, where I haven't drank great veins for a tiny person, but they've blown a vein, and I don't think that that was my fault or anything like that, but my point what's, is... What's that mean? I don't think that... What's that, that mean, blowing like a vein? The, the, the blood blows out of the alignment of where it needs, needs, needs to be, and they have to pull out the needle and stick you again. I don't believe that, that has anything really to do with hydration, but huh. I, my point in telling you that the hydration has a really good um, – the more you're hydrated, the quicker you'll, quote, unquote, recover from something like that. And when I mean recover, I just mean like bruising. Like the few times that that has happened, I don't have any bruising or anything like that. If you're not well hydrated, you tend to have – 
you know, a longer time, you bruise, you this, you that, the, the other thing. So hydration is extremely important for all the things. Would that be not a true statement, Tracy Lee, or would you disagree with what I said? Yeah, no, I 100% agree. And, you know, part of the, you know, the blown veins is um, exactly what, what we're talking about is if the veins aren't plump and hydrated, so that needle can go right through the middle. That's what the goal is, right? The needle will go right through the middle of the vein, and when you're dehydrated, those veins are sort of collapsed. And so it's very difficult to get that, that needle right through the middle of the vein, and oftentimes, if we're dehydrated, the needle will go right through the backside of the needle, and then you've got all the bleeding coming out of the vein into your arm. You end up with a bruise. You're very sore. And they have to go in again and hopefully find a space in the needle or in the vein where the needle can right. get through. And, you know, my point in saying that was that even though that's happened to me maybe maybe twice, is that my personal thing has not been for lack of hydration because I noticed, like, I'm not sore, I'm not bruised, I'm not anything. It was basically, um, you know, user error, so, so to speak, you know, when they try to get it in there more. So, you know, if you're hydrated, too, you can recover. A lot better, you know, and, 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 you know, having access to different types of collagen to support your skin, which is your largest organ, that's a really big deal. And most people don't know that. And most people cannot get, just like with anything when we talk about vitamins, minerals, all the things, right, because our food is so depleted, we cannot get all of the collagen that we need from our food. And, you know, I struggle with that because I do take a collagen. Um, but it's hard for me personally to find something because I am, I tend to be more of a vegan, you know, I, 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 vegan slash vegetarian because I do eat fish sometimes. Um, right. so, for so you're a vegan except category, for the meat? I'm just teasing you. Pardon me? You're vegan, you're vegan <laughs> except for the meat? Crazy guy. Right? <laughs> yeah, yeah. But, you know, okay. I don't even eat fish once a week. You know, mm-hmm. I mean, I like fish. I just choose, you know, it's just because I'm a very simple eater and I'm on the go. I mean, anyway, we're squirreling. The point is, is for someone, for someone like me, for someone like me it's, it, you know, by choice, and it's a mental thing, by choice, it's challenging for me to go and take a collagen that's made of, of fish oil because it's just not what right. I do. I can do it, but I just, I can't, I don't like doing it. So for someone so... like me, it's harder to find. So let me ask you then, so is uh, these collagen things that you put directly on your skin or you take them internally so that it will help your skin or both? You take them internally. You can find them in powder form or in capsule form. Um, so how's, how's the process? It's kind of a long way. I've always wanted medicines because if you take a medicine in your stomach, it gets first of all hit with hydrochloric acid, your stomach acid. That can't be good for medicine. Right. So they got to be resistant to that. Uh, then it's got to get in your bloodstream. It's got to go everywhere. You know, it's got to go to every every organ, every place, and you know, all through all the capillaries. And some of it's going to end up in your skin. So why do we take internal medicine for something on the skin when I'm just wondering if something on the surface on your skin itself? In other words, you, put, you don't you don't drink a moisturizer and you, know, you put it right on your skin. It's more direct. Right. Wouldn't wouldn't something? Are there more direct ways of doing it? And this question for both of you, like on the uh, skin as opposed to internal. It's, that's a really great question, and I think I, I don't know about you, CJ, but <laughs> um, I mean, I don't know. I hydrate my skin externally every single day. I mean, I'm a big proponent of that as well. But I think okay. all of 
that question really just brings us back to water, you know, and if you are taking your collagen, obviously you're using water with it, but if you're hydrated, um, what water is doing is helping to not only lubricate your joints, but it's also taking that collagen and it's transporting it to all of the areas of need, whether it's your skin or your nails or your hair or, um, you know, it's helping your body to remove waste or circulate your blood or any of those things. So I think it all comes back to the water um, sort of transporting it to where it needs. <laughs> I'm just wondering if the water is the benefit and they're just selling you these collagen things, but it's actually the water that's doing it the most good. <laughs> that, that, that'd be a big pharma thing to do. Here, take this wonder powder yeah. for collagen and improves your skin. Take it with, with eight ounces of water. Oh, okay, great. <laughs> Now I know what they're doing. <laughs> it's true. It's true. <laughs> yeah, okay. I'm just curious. You know. It, it, well, Great and, and question, I gotta, well, it's interesting. And then I was thinking, too, the, uh, the, the whole idea of salt, too. I, mean, I want to talk about salt for a second because salt's like the opposite of, of water. Salt, you get too much salt, you're going to have too much. You're going to have to drink more water to balance the salt. So is the, is the, the concentration of salt in our foods that kind of removes the water uh, as, it, as, yeah, as, as you get rid of the salt? On, is that connected at all? No. I'm going to have to disagree on that and say it's the sure. type of salt, like a Himalayan sea salt. Salt is good. I know that regular salt is good to an extent. Like we use it just for gargling when we have a sore throat. But as far as salting anything. No, um, in food, sodium. I'm talking about sodium in your food that it gets into your bloodstream. Right, It's right, going to increase right. your salt content, right? So then yeah. you increase your, yeah. your body wants more water to balance the salt. And I'm just True. wondering, is salt the enemy of, of water and collagen? That's what I'm curious about and my 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 response to that is it depends on what kind of salt if you're talking about salt that you get on a potato chip then i would say yes i mean what's your answer to that tracy lee i agree with you you know there's so many different kinds of salt and i think that table salt is way overused and i think that certainly uh tends to um maybe explain some of the health challenges that we as a community are experiencing every single day. And, you know, along with that goes the medications to counteract what the table salt is doing. But, um, you know, without salt, and, and this was learned years ago when mm-hmm. they started studying the use of salt or overuse of salt. So they put people on saltless diets, and those people ended up even less healthy than when they were on all the table salt. So iodized or unidized? Was it iodized or you unidized have, salt? You have to have a certain amount of iodine, and so right. that's why they started adding it to table salt. But there's, okay. there is, you know, a point where it's too much is too much. And okay. I do agree that a really high-quality salt is very good for you. But I think, you know, my rule with everything is everything in moderation, you know. Um, Including moderation? I'm just teasing. (laughs) You can have too much water. It's the craziest thing. I don't know if you remember that radio show. I don't remember what year it was, but some radio show was given away an Xbox to somebody that could drink like a gallon of water or something without stopping um, in like 30 seconds or something. And a mom wanted to win it for her boys, went on the show and she drank the water and literally died. It was the craziest thing. Really? No, the craziest thing yeah. is drinking the water. Not, not, <laughs> and competition is pretty crazy too. Well, I, I, wow. I, drank half a gallon, I drank half a gallon of water once after bike riding all day and I was probably completely dehydrated. I felt very full for a long time. I didn't do much, but I, I never did that again. 
Um, but that was kind of stupid. Yeah. But yeah, so so a gallon would kill you. I'm sure. Yeah. Well, you know, for me, um, I I can I, I love water. Um, sometimes I drink plain water. Not that sometimes much. I drink lemon water, and <laughs> I make lemon fresh lemon ice cubes. I find it's easier to make, and then I put them put them in my in my water. I find that's the easiest thing to do for me. But um, and then I also love adding you know natural electrolytes. And again, you have to be careful because not all electrolytes are created the same. You add electrolytes to my to my water as as well. So. You know, there are many different things that you can do to increase the absorption rate, increase the mineral content, um, and the nutrient-dense content of your your water. And I would always tell everybody to make sure you're using filtered water. And, you know, me personally, I'm not a fan, like, of a Brita filter or something like that. You have to really know, too, um, your water filters and what takes what out, you know. So, um you know, that's a whole different topic of it of it itself, but definitely. And this is off topic, but do any of them take fluoride out? Any of the water filters take fluoride out of your out yeah. of your water yeah. supply? Yes. They Which one? They should. They should. They should. <laughs> oh, the plot thickens. Yeah. Yeah, they should. I'm not a fan of fluoride myself. Um, Me neither. Well, is, Me neither. Isn't there a difference between you know toothpaste pharmaceutical grade fluoride and industrial waste product fluoride that they throw in the water, or no? I don't, I don't, I don't, I don't have an that. answer for that, but I would say if, okay. if there is a difference, I'd, I'd still veto both of them. Okay. Exactly. Me too. Me too. Right. Yeah. Um, but, you know, you know, all of that with the water, I think is super important, but, you know, even taking it one step further with all of the mm-hmm. things that you can add to the water to benefit your hydration and your, you know, overall nutrition – um, you have to go straight to your gut. That's where your water is going to, you know, end up until your body absorbs it through the bloodstream and all the other things, you know. But mm-hmm. if your gut isn't healthy, um, you're going to have a hard time with any of that. You know, they say Some, that. Some an unhealthy gut. Uh, what, what makes the gut unhealthy? So there's a lot of things in our diet and all kinds of thing, uh, mm-hmm. things that will affect your gut, the environment. You know, even your mood can affect your gut. They say that your gut is literally your second brain. And if your oh. gut is unhealthy, yeah, they're saying that um, the neurotransmitters um, that make you feel happy and motivated and all that kind of stuff, when your gut is unhealthy – it disrupts the production of uh, those neurotransmitters and literally can cause depression, um, some anxieties, all different kinds of things. Um, you know, most ailments come from a very unhealthy gut. It's kind of a weird thing. And it's not really. Not I mean, difficult. you get butterflies in your stomach when you're nervous. You get a pain. You get to, if, if you're anxious, you feel it in your gut first. If you're embarrassed or something, I mean, emotions go right to your gut. You don't feel, you don't feel it in your brain. So this makes a lot well, of your sense. Gut is, well, your gut is your second brain. You know, when you say you have this yep. gut feeling, it's normally, yep. normally correct, you know. And so mm-hmm. because your brain and your gut are directly, you know, related and correlated. And I joke both for Tracy Lee and I, you know, we totally – promote and encourage gut health with some of the Z-Lite and different products that we personally use and have vetted and stuff like that, which are really simple, easy things that people can do to help their microbiome, you know? Well, well, here's actually a couple of questions now. So water doesn't have to be digested. So can water be absorbed directly from the stomach into the body or does it have to go through the intestines to be absorbed? 
I think water's absorbed all throughout from your mouth till you drop it off in the commode. Um, it's right. constantly working for you. Okay. Well, think about this, the question that you just, just asked, and, and, and again, you know, Tracy Lee, you know, comment if, if you think what I'm saying is, is, is wrong. What, you know, you asked, does it have to go through the digestive tract directly when mm-hmm. you're drinking? Think about right. when you're, like, in a pool or in a lake or whatever. Your body, because you're porous, right, you're 100% cells and, you know, your skin, like it says, largest organ. So when you're in a body of water or a bathtub, you know, and you put bubbles in or you put something besides borax or natural stuff in your in your bubble bath or when you're showering or, like I said, in, the, in a river swimming or in the lake or in the pool, your body bubble absorbs that just water. Just for clarity's sake here. I wanted what? To... <laughs> I didn't even hear what you said. What did you say? I know you didn't hear what I said. I I, said, I don't take bubble baths, CJ. Oh, Maybe I okay. should start. Well, I get my Bud Light. Well, I do. I'll have, I'll, I'll have so. my picture of Dylan. That, no, that's a, that's a, that's a horrible thought. Ah, that's funny. Yeah, so, oh so I guess I'm going through my metrosexual period now, and I'll get my bubble bath, and uh, be the true man that I am. Sit there with my Bud Light and my bubble bath. Yeah. Did you guys but have a good lying. image right now or what? This is radio. <laughs> Sorry. That's funny. If you think about it, the best salt water, right, because your body's absorbing that salt and it's nice well, and isn't smooth it, Aren't they conflicting, skin. though? Because salt, salt causes you to want to have more water, and if you have salt water, you want to have more salt. I mean, why can't you drink seawater? If salt is good for you in water, is the concentration too high or what? I'll go out. You have that one, Tracy. Right? Oh, I heard silence. Oh, I thought, am I still on the air? What's going on here? I get nervous when I don't hear things. I was trying to not um, vomit. I just the thought of drinking seawater, and mainly because it's so filthy. You know, I mean, it's it's not necessarily. No, it really content. tastes salty, um, though. I know. I've I've body surfed and swallowed, you know, swallowed more seawater than I want to, but uh, it, it's really salty. <laughs> it's really salty. Has it anybody, is really well, salty. What's the, all right, so what's the concentration? Here's another question. So I ask impossible questions. Tracy, you've already figured that out. So what's the concentration <laughs> of, of salt in seawater versus your Himala- your pink Himalayan sea salt? I'm trying to figure out which ocean that salt came from. That's, a, you know, because uh, you said sea salt. So, what, so when, was there, when was there a sea in the Himalayas? We're talking millions of years ago. Because the, the, the plate tectonics alone, you know, you wouldn't put uh, Himalayans are a mountain range. So, and I know there are places in the earth where, like, you find uh, seashells at the top of the Sierra Nevada range in California because it was all underwater at one point. But I'm just curious. But hold um, on. Wait, before we you digress. answer that, I want to tell. Hold oh, please. On, hold on. I want to. Okay. Are you looking you, it up? Before, um, I'm going to let Tracy Lee take that one, so don't, don't forget. But, but okay. here's my point to going back to what you asked. Do we have to take it through our gut and drink water? Our water absorbs water from the bodies of water that we are in. So it will absorb those toxic things. You know, if you're in chlorine, your body absorbs the chlorine, your body gets dry. Hence, you want to moisturize with hopefully a clean body lotion, you know. So the answer to your question is no. Your body does not just absorb water through your digestive tract and you drinking it through your mouth. Okay, I'm done. Go ahead, Tracy Lee. So how about the concentration of seawater salt versus your pink Himalayan sea salt from the oceans that were at the bottom of the Himalayan sea before they became mountains? I think it's a really good question. I know that seawater is about three and a half percent. Okay. But I don't, I don't know how that differs with the Himalayan salt. Did you just I mean, look I don't that know up? Why it would I'm be any curious. different? <laughs> huh? I, said, <laughs> I don't you know just why look it would that be up? different. You looked that up, right? I'm just what? teasing you. Three and a half percent. <laughs> I think that, didn't you learn that in school? 
don't they talk about? I don't know. The, I didn't. <laughs> the I was just curious. Tracy, I'm having way too much fun with you because you're a fabulous guest. That's why. So uh, I, I don't pick on people that can't, you know, laugh back, fight back, things like that. So it's, uh, so it's to your credit that you're uh, that you're here. She, she's great. See, this person is wonderful. Having so much fun. Ah, so much for my serious radio show. I want a jar of pink Himalayan sea salt. I'm going to label it pink Himalayan sea salt and see if anybody knows this. Gee, the Himalayas are mountains. Where did you get that from? I just, these are the things I'm curious about, you know, because I, I like to make sense of everything. Yeah, no, I, yeah. I get it. I don't know how it compares. Um, but, okay. I mean, if you're talking about Himalayan salt, you know, probably as we are consuming it, it's probably close to, it has to be at least 99% sodium chloride, right? So... I don't know. But I don't know I don't know how that would be, you know, in the Himalayans or where is that? Well Pakistan? no, I think the minerals is... I think CJ and I have talked about this is the minerals that are in the pink Himalayan sea salt that make it so valuable. And whatever makes it pink. I mean who knows what that is. It could be iron, it could be ferrous, you know, which is which is red I think ultimately. So that there might be might be high iron content of mineral in the in the salt. But the thing is that sodium chloride salt breaks down into a sodium atom and a chlorine atom chlorine atom uh, in water. No molecule actually. No, they're atoms. So they break down to they separate. That's that's uh, that's the whole point of salt in water dissolves. And so what I'm wondering is, regardless of the salt that you're taking in, you're still going to have to have a certain balance in your body of of water to salt. And if you're taking in salt, you're going to want to drink more water to balance it. And I'm just curious how that all functions. So you need the salt for the minerals. Could uh, let me ask this, CJ? Could you have pink simile? No, that got me confused now. Pink, this is like a tongue twister. Pink Himalayan, rubber baby buggy bumpers. Yeah, there we go. So pink Himalayan sea salt. See how fast I can say that. All right, CJ, say that three times really fast, as fast as you can. Pink Himalayan sea salt. Go ahead, go for it. Uh, no, I'm not going to do that. Okay, fine. Someday I'll tell you about the, the, the world's greatest tongue twister, which embarrass you. Starts off with, I'm a mother pheasant plucker, and I'll save you the rest for another time. Okay, yeah, I'll, I'll email it to you. There's nothing illegal. There's nothing, you know, uh, bad about what you say. It's what you can say, and that's what makes it so much fun. But um, how much, how, what's the concentration of minerals in the sea salt? That's what I'm curious about now. Because it seems to me the minerals are what are important. And can you take the minerals separately? Do you have to have it with the sea salt, or are they an integral part of it because it's necessary for digestion to take your minerals with the salt? CJ? Okay. Well, I know they do that. That's why you have it. Otherwise, just regular table salt has none of the minerals. So they've had the minerals right. stripped out. Right. That's why molasses right. is better so for you than, than table sugar. Have, each type right. of salt has a different. Each type of salt has a different molecule makeup. That's why some are more absorbent than others. That's why I keep saying take Himalayan sea salt is the most mineral dense and most absorbent. That's why when I talk to my sense. clients and they have a headache, I'll say take a rock, not something that's ground, but you can use ground pink Himalayan sea salt. Take a little bit. Yeah, drink a rock. Put it underneath okay. your tongue and let it absorb, you know, because of the yeah. mineral content. And nine times out of ten, it'll take your headache away. Well, that makes sense. But what I'm saying is the salt is still salt. It's still a sodium atom and a chlorine atom. And the sodium content in foods is really high. And the way that people balance that uh, is salt to either flush it out or, or maintain the, the sodium water balance. It also affects blood pressure too, right? So if you have too much sodium, 
and not enough water, is your blood pressure go up or down? Or how, how does blood pressure figure into this too? Because you know your veins need the water, and they and if you have too much salt, you can have a problem, right? Personally, I'm gonna let you take that one only because recently I've been looking into that, and I'm seeing a lot of controversy that's debunking salt relating to blood pressure. So Ooh, what are your thoughts on that? Let's let's break some news. Yeah, yeah, I agree. Um, and okay. you know, I have to believe that it goes to other areas. It's it's and a lot of what you were saying as far as is it the mineral content, you know, and it's binding to the salt and that you know this, that, and the other. Even when you talk about genetics, my oldest daughter is a big fan of table, table salt, and she mm-hmm. does have very high blood pressure and was told to minimize her salt intake and all the things. I am a big proponent of, I use all kinds of pink Himalayan sea salt um, in all my foods. I, I'm not shy with it, but my mm-hmm. blood pressure is extremely low. I've never had mm-hmm. a problem. So mm-hmm. I, I, don't, I don't have the right answer. I guess it just depends on which side of you know, that school of thought you're on. I, I agree because I, like, I'm, with, I'm with you. I love pink Himalayan sea salt specifically assault and you know obviously and I've only seen you on camera you know and obviously you're not vertically challenged like I am Tracy Lee but you know you're a petite you're a petite woman and you know I'm very petite and so I also think I'm not you know (laughs) I also you know I've also done my research on you know petite individuals and small boned individuals tend to have lower blood pressure as well and you know your body fat ratio goes into that there's so many things so i would have to i would have to say i don't have the answer to your question greg i don't know but i have seen again recently very much controversial issues to Mm -hmm. the um uh, what's the word um i want to use um to the myth maybe it's a myth maybe it's not and it's probably not the right word saying that salt causes high blood pressure. I don't know that I specifically believe that. I think there's a lot more variables that go into that. Okay, um, that's that makes sense. Opinion. You know, I, like that's least, my personal yeah. opinion based on yeah. liberal research, so I don't have anything else other, you know, to back that up. Well, that's your problem. You're doing liberal yeah. research. I'm sorry. I'm teasing you. Um, <laughs> but the, but it, it's like, you know, when they used to say eggs are bad for you and now we know they're good for you and I didn't care. I ate them anyway because uh, they made sense. You know, because if it's good enough for chickens to develop from, it's good enough for me. Um, so there's a lot of things that they do or, or like the whole idea of cholesterol is bad for you. I learned in high school biology that our cells are made of sterols, which is a fat. And cholesterol is part of it. So every cell in our body has cholesterol. So therefore, how can it be bad for you? So I never worried about that either. And as it turns out, that they're, they're changing all the recommendations now. But And Tracy, this is something I do on the show all the time. I call it the logic and reason filter. And so everything has to go through the filter. I never take an expert's advice at face value. You know, and in fact, um, I've been telling the show, well, do you know as much as a Supreme Court judge? Uh, well, I don't know. I know what I know, and I know what they know. And if I can question what they know, then I'll find out. <laughs> you know, so let's, let's, see if let's see if their expertise stands up. You know, and the same thing with this. So we find a lot of things that we think are true. Remember when Oprah was a fad? You know, and now it's, now it's, um, it's uh, what's that word I'm trying to think of? Um, G, no, that's a, uh, what, what's that word for stuff that's uh, um, wheat, grain, things like that? You know the word I'm trying to think of. I'll think of it oh, anyway. you're talking about gluten? Gluten, that's it. I knew it was a G no. word. <laughs> so yeah. gluten. So in other words, yeah. Oprah was a fad and, until gluten, getting rid of gluten became a fad and Oprah dropped off the map. 
So things, so we have fads in, in, in health and nutrition all the time. And so the, the thing is to, to try and, you know, sort of decipher through the, the muck and mire and profit and, you know, what's good and what's not good, um, what's yeah. really true. Okay. Yeah. So, yeah. I so think collagen, a, a lot of, go ahead. a lot of, you know, people that are in those schools of thought, you know, they're promoting that eggs are, you know, terrible for you, avoid them at all costs, all that kind of stuff. Um, they're, they're, they're looking at us Just as kidding. collateral damage. You know, they, they hmm. want to, they're trying to sell us another product. They want to take okay. us away from the egg and put it as, you know, who knows which, what they were promoting at the time, but okay. you've got all different kinds of things, you know? Hmm. This is interesting. <laughs> um, now, no, it is, it is kind of funny too. Um, you have eight kids. Did I hear? Uh... I do have eight kids. Congratulations. That's wonderful. Awesome. Yeah, that's yeah. amazing. So, so how, so I was, I was actually curious this question from the beginning of the show uh, of the hour of what you were planning, you know, cause you, you started off having kids young. Uh, what were you planning to do before kids or did you follow the same path with kids? I'm just curious because eight kids, that's, that's a lot uh, of kids. It is. It is. Um, I've sort of, followed the same path you know I mean originally okay. I wanted to be a midwife and I, I you know put myself through medical school while I home you were a self midwife weren't uh, you <laughs> you're your own midwife <laughs> at least I've delivered eight babies no I'm just kidding um so yeah that was my original plan but um okay. you know I I there was a an event in my life that sort of changed that direction and mm-hmm. um went I went into a different direction. That's when I went into corporate America and was working there. But then when the father of my children was diagnosed, you know, with stage four throat cancer, he was given two Ooh. months to live. And oh, I'm sorry. that sort of, thank you. Um, that sort of threw me into the space that I'm in now, probably okay. more than anything else is, um, you know, I had to figure out what in the world were we going to do and how could we extend his life, which we did for four and a half years. And, mm-hmm. um, you know, I've learned a lot and all those kinds of things, but I don't know. I think, you know, we all have a certain plan when we're, you know, young as to what we want to be and when we grow up, but I, I wake up every day and try and decide what I want to be when I grow up. Well, I, I, I long since decided I'm not growing up and just, I don't have to answer that question. <laughs> Because grown-ups are boring. I mean, they really are. It's much more fun being a kid your whole life because you get, you get to play with ideas. You get to do goofy stuff. So basically, you know, I've got the optimism of a five-year-old because that's when I was happy. That's when there, there was nothing but possibilities and no limitations. So I'm just a lot better at it. But I'm still basically uh, with the optimism of a five-year-old. And when you go through life that way, then everything can, it's, it's amazing what can happen. You know, the difference is my toys get bigger. You know, whereas before I play with toy airplanes, now I want a Learjet. So, you know, things are different. But it's, it's still the same five-year-old who wants to go fly an airplane. You know, and in fact, I did. I was an instructor for for many years. But uh, yeah, so so this so you must have one hell of a logic and reason filter. Then, if you got if you brought up eight kids and all the things you've been through and through corporate America and everything else, I mean, your your BS quotient, you know, must be uh, your BS sensitor has got to be really high. I'm guessing. <laughs> uh, it is. I I always say my gut is on point. <laughs> okay. All right. Because <laughs> you, you know, you know when you meet the person what? that you really aren't going to want to hang out with, right? Your gut goes, "Oh, let's go." <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah, and then and then your 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 devil side says, uh, "Oh, but you should be be with this person. You have to be with somebody. You know, society wants you to do this, this, and this. The woulda, coulda, shouldas." 
And then you go back to your gut and go, that was right all along. You know, so yeah, I've got really, yeah, I've, I've, I've grown up with uh, dysfunctional families. Um, and I, I'm really well versed in, in, you know, psychopaths. So I know when the, I can see them coming a mile away now. Uh, so it's, it's not a problem. That's so, so it's, there's two ways you can go in life. You know, when you're raised by uh, total dysfunction and narcissist, you either become a totally dysfunctional narcissist yourself or an empath. Those are your two options. Yep. And so yep. I chose, I chose empath or empath chose me. And this is why I saw all these questions. You go, how did you know that? That's how. Okay. So, you know, that's, yep. that's part of it. Do you find yourself asking questions to people too? And they'll say, how did you know that? How are you that perceptive? And of course it's your life experience is who you are. And CJ is the same thing. You know, this is where we're only in the wellness business because it's as much psychology and it's as much, uh, you know, empathing, whatever the word is, um, as it is, you know, medicine and health. I don't think people realize the depth of what wellness really is. That might be an interesting right. thing in the last few minutes here, that it is a totally encompassing thing, which is why modern medicine, you know, here, take a pill, uh, doesn't work because you're not right. treating the whole person. You've got to treat mind, body, soul, emotions, you know, everything. And, and so it all kind of ties in. That's a lot, but um, what do you think? CJ? I, I agree. I mean, okay. you know, the whole definition of an empath is somebody that, you know, it's caring, thoughtful, warm, um, and really can tune into the energy of another body, right? And so mm-hmm. all you want to do is make whatever it is that's wrong right, and you'll almost go to any length of uh, your ability to help whoever it is. Yeah, but you don't become a rescuer. That's, yeah. the, that's the, the downside of being an empath. So I, I have yeah. like my mythical organization, Rescuing the Rescuers. I still that in a line for a TV show, but I've been saying it for years. Anyway. <laughs> that's, uh, that would be interesting, yeah. Mm. yeah. Mm-hmm. Possibilities. Yeah. So every show generates at least your... five more shows. You'll notice that every show generates five more shows. It just does. So never worry about topics. There you go. There you go. Yeah. I'm going to ask your five-year-old self a joke. What kind of salt did gymnasts use? Oh, I don't know. I'm thinking of salt. I'm running through the salt combinations in my mind. Go ahead. Tell me. Summer salt. (laughs) (laughs) That's actually funny. Okay. Okay. Here's here's a psychology joke. Um, How many Californians does it take to change a light bulb? Oh, my gosh. It depends. Is Gavin Newsom in the room? That's a, that's a good answer. No, in California, it only takes one, but the light bulb has to want to change. <laughs> that's a very good one. Uh, that's good. Like, totally awesome, man. Or, or if the light bulb is homeless, then it doesn't matter because the entire state will come and do it for them. Yeah, exactly. I mean, do Californians buy light bulbs? No, they just wait for the homeless ones to show up. Exactly that's right. Good. That's, that's a good one. We have a moment. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. I could tell you another joke that I thought of, but I can't. So anyway, so we got five minutes, folks. Well, uh... right. um, we'll have to um, we'll have to touch on the whole um, self care topic another time. We spent a lot of time doing a whole yeah, bunch of did. awesome information. Oh, this is fabulous. Let me ask you one more question, though, that I just thought of. Uh, for all these people that are getting uh, lip jobs, boob jobs, butt jobs, things like, well, I mean, not boob jobs, that's implants, but uh, they're, they're, are they injecting collagen to make themselves look poofy? Or is it something um, different? 
they're injecting a lot of different things. Um, why are they doing that? A lot that? of it nowadays is hyaluronic acid, which, you know, your body produces, but um, not in those quantities and obviously not in those areas. I don't, I don't know. I mean, it's funny because we live in a world where if you Google the word detox, you know, mm-hmm. that's one of the biggest uh, searches, right? And people want to go through all these detoxes and whatever, but then they're going to go and they're going to pay thousands of dollars for Botox. It's a toxin. <laughs> they're having to get injected into Botox their head. Is, we've covered this before. <laughs> Botox is botulism toxin. It is a neurotoxin toxin that's fatal. Why would you yep. inject a fatal neurotoxin uh, into your, your forehead to kill the nerves that create wrinkles? Instead of taking yeah. some collagen and hydrogen and water, drink some water. That's right. And that's what that's Botox. Right. That's what I call Botox and not botulism. Hey, would you like to have an injection of botulism in your face? Oh, sure, no problem. Yeah, put a big skull and crossbones on the needle. Yeah, neurotoxin. You know, not to be taken internally. Yeah, go ahead and inject here. Thank you. Vanity is dangerous. Well, it's weird. We have a society that wants smaller noses and bigger lips. I mean, people look weird. Oh, crazy weird. Yes, I huh. agree. Okay. <laughs> All right. Yeah, I'll uh, I'll keep taking my collagen and drinking my water. Thanks. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Basically, um, I'm curious, what are some good collagens that you recommend um to to people? Does I haven't looked around as our company as far as Touchstone have any what do you recommend to People who aren't who who are vegans or people who you know just want a good collagen. Do you have a particular recommendation that you personally like? Um, I do. Um, I am partnered with a company that has a USDA certified organic collagen that's got um, additional nutrients in it as well as CBG, which is a, you know a yep. cannabinoid, but. Um, that is my favorite, but it wouldn't really necessarily work for somebody who's a strict vegan because it does have several types of collagen in it, which would include some plant or some animal collagen. Right. Um, so I think, you know, what I would recommend looking for is, um, definitely type one and type three, which is going to be difficult to find, um, hmm. I don't know how to answer your question as far as vegans go, because you're going to have to find, if you're going to go strictly vegan, you're going to have to find type V and type X collagen, which are difficult to find on their own, but those mainly focus on that eggshell membrane that we talked about. Um, Other than that, you're going to have the type 3, which is going to be bovine. Type 2 comes from chicken. Um, Type 1, which is going to come from... um, fish, which, you know, you definitely want to figure out the source. Like we talked about, you don't want the tilapias out there. Um, right. So, I mean, well, this, yeah. this leads to an interesting question. And we can run over time a little bit. Marco in the Netherlands, we have Marco in the Netherlands listening. He, he always types into the show. So, Marco, have a good day. Well, we're off officially in a, in a minute and a half, but uh, I got a question. Foods. If, if someone wanted to, to try nutrition first as opposed to supplements or both, what kind of foods would improve your collagen? Well, the collagen I'm not I talked about is, okay, um, is a protein that is 
created in your body from the amino acids in your foods. So what you're going to want to do is find foods that contain high amounts of the amino acids so that when your body is ingesting them, then it will turn those into collagen. Um, Plant-based proteins are available. Um, you know, you've got Which pea plant? protein, Which you've got hemp. Fruit, well, vegetables, soybeans anything is like one, that? but you want to be really soy? careful. Tofu, no, soy beans, has estrogen. lentils. If I, if I eat soy, I'm going to go back to that bubble bath. <laughs> That's exactly right. Well, you can, everything in moderation. You can still eat tofu. You just don't want to overdo. No, um, oh, um, any kind of bean. I don't know if you like okay. beans, but beans are good. Lentils, but beans have lectins, um, right? So do you have a bean that doesn't have lectins and does have collagen protein, or are they, they kind of go hand in hand and you're stuck with them? I don't know the answer to that question. Oh, that's fine. Okay. No, I believe I, when I say ask impossible questions, I'm not kidding. And, and that's the, yeah. rule number one of the show is there's no rules. But the second rule is that you don't have to know the answer to the question. Um, but if you want to come yeah. back and tell me or email or something like that, or, or I want to talk to you off the air anyway because you're fun. Um, but those are things, but, but it was true. Um, yeah, I'm really awesome show, but I'm thinking foods. Cause like I have the, the, I remember looking up, uh, for example, uh, foods that uh, improve memory and brain function, things like that. Uh, and they turned out to be all the same foods that grow hair, salmon, avocado, walnuts, you know, berries, blueberries, strawberries, things like that. Those are like the superfoods for, right. for, uh, for brain function. Right. But they also grow hair. And of course that mine grows like twice as fast as normal. So I figure I must be having enough of the brain foods. At least I hope it's working. Um, but but for, for, for collagen, so in other words, what, you know, what foods, what, what, what can we, I would like to start with, with regular nutrition and then move to supplements beyond that. So in the minute that we don't have, because we're already off the air, uh, you know, this will be for the podcast. Um, what, uh, what can I, you know, what can I get from my grocery store for collagen? Excuse me, well, my farmer's oh. market. What was I saying? Wow. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, you're, okay. you're already there with your walnuts and your salmon and your other things. Um, you can add almonds. Um, I'm not a big fan of peanuts, but those are a good source yeah, as well. Not cashews are great. Um, okay. And, you know, you can use cashews for almost anything. You can use them as a thickener. They're great for making things creamy without adding, mm-hmm. you know, unnecessary fats. But, um, again, I'm a big fan of beans. I, I love, okay. it doesn't matter what they are, kidney black, pinto, garbanzo, lentil. I, I'm a big fan, and those have, gosh, those can have up to 15 grams of protein in a cup. So those are And they're high in lectins, too, for, uh, what is that, leaky gut syndrome? So, so cashews right? are high in lectins also. So this is my question, is can your body override the effect of the lectins, which are like a, a plant, you know, pesticide? For the, or for people, it's like, you know, um, can your body override that and get the benefits of, of the proteins and the collagen and the different things that are good for you, beans and, and cashews well, and things? Yeah, I don't know. I, I will have to research that. That answer, okay. I don't know. Um, you can come but back. But I would imagine it's the source of the bean, right? You want to have certainly organics and all that, but I don't know how the lectins right. work with that. I'd have to research it. Okay. I'm just curious. I learned Great all these question, things along yeah. the way of doing the show, and so I have to ask. <laughs> you know. Yeah. Okay. Well, like let's. It? Um, it's fun, isn't it? Let's uh, let's get a, a you know a summary from both of you. I need some any contact information, uh, websites, Facebook pages, anything you want to talk about, Tracy and, and CJ. Of course, same thing for you. Uh, I think I think we should just do this again sometime. This is fun. Yeah, I'd love to. This is really fun. Okay. So, how do we find you, or do we find you? Um, so, yeah, um, how you do you want to. me to give it to you? 
I mean, we, we're, we're heard in 50 countries, um, so, uh, you know, you don't have to tell everybody how to find you. <laughs> you can still remain somewhat <laughs> anonymous. But uh, if you have a website or a Facebook page or something like that, you know, feel free. I do, I do, I do. Um, my Instagram handle is uh, my first name, Tracy Lee, T-R-A-C-I-L-E-A dot mindset. And um, Facebook is Tracy Lee Young. Same spelling, Tracy Lee. Because I, I, mis- uh-huh. I, I completely mispronounced it for a second. Like, I thought it was like Tracilia. <laughs> so I, yeah, I, I hear that a lot. <laughs> yeah, I'm sure you, you know, um, okay. but my, my website is mylifesparkles.com. I'm writing all this down here, mylifesparkles. That's kind of cool. Um, yeah. And then let me give you my phone number. It's 831. No, don't, don't, don't do the phone over the air unless you know that you want it recorded oh. on the podcast forever. <laughs> Don't give your phone number over the air. So there's a reason that I don't, that I, that I, you notice I never mentioned phone numbers on the air. There's a reason for that. Yeah. That's why. Yep. Yep. Unless it's a public phone number for business. I want to make sure that, uh, because you're going to get calls from, uh, you know, from Iceland. You're going to get calls from Argentina. (laughs) (laughs) He was like, I want to talk to the babe, you know, who went to the Playboy. I know what's going to happen. You know, when people start sharing shows, stuff happens. Yeah, okay. I'm just, I'm, I'm just looking out for you. But that's why websites, you can, websites, you can screen all the other social media. That's why I don't mind doing and the websites. So, no. so, so Tracy, on Facebook, what was under your last name? What was that? It's Y-O-U-N-G. Okay. I, can, I, can, I know what that word says. <laughs> CJ, how do we find you? <laughs> CJ, how do we find you? Um, yes, you can email me at H2O wellnessnetwork at gmail.com. There we go. And if you missed it the first time, we do have a podcast, so listen to it over and over again until you get it right, kids. And uh, <laughs> i got to make it like a, like a, I don't know, I could do it. what can I do with the bubble bath theme? <laughs> i got to think of something crazy. But like uh, Leo DiCaprio with a champagne glass and a bubble bath, life is great now that I'm metrosexual. Ah! <sighs> we can talk about that. What, uh, we... <laughs> I don't know. Tracy brings out the, the, the comedy in me. I don't know what it is, but uh, it's, it's, it's great to have you on. So this is part because yeah. you're laughing at everything I say. So that, that's a really good sign. Yeah. Okay. All right. Um, I'm good at that. CJ, <laughs> CJ let, me, let me give you the last word, CJ, and then I give our websites and play our, our outgoing music. Uh, we always play a little classical music thing for about a minute, minute and a half. But uh, I'm done. CJ, last comment? What do you think? Um, no, I just think that this has been wonderful, and I would love to continue this, you know, on personal care. Care health, I think it's a big. I think it's a big thing, especially too, as we go into you know the the summer months, where everybody, in my opinion, is kind of a little bit more free spirited than what they are maybe um, during the school year or during Not the winter, fall, you know, months. I think that that would be a great thing. So yeah, I think it was a great, great, great um, radio talk show today, and I'm grateful that Tracy Lee was able to be on, and I would love to offer her the opportunity to come on again and chat with us. Sounds good to me. Awesome. I'm looking forward to it. Yes. Thank you, CJ. Thank you, Tracy Lee. And, uh, thank you. Have a great day. Thank you. Let me do my little conclusion here. So the websites for the show, blogtalkradio.com slash citizen action is our show site. Our legislative site, writeyourlaws.com. That's W-R-I-T-E-Y-O-U-R-L-A-W-S. That's where we write our legislation for submission to all levels of government. Uh, my substack, gregpenglis.substack.com. Uh, for contributions, givesendgo.com slash actionradio or paypal.com slash paypalme slash actionradio. And my email, my public one that I can share, greg at 
writeyourlaws.com. And I played everything else I need to play. So here's our outgoing music. Back tomorrow morning, 7 a.m. Central Time for our Friday show. There it goes. Every day, we rise, challenging ourselves to work for what we believe in. At U.S. Border Patrol, protecting our borders is more than a job. It's a calling. Agents answer the call, working together to keep our country and communities safe. If you are ready for a new mission, join U.S. Border Patrol and go beyond. Learn more at cbp.gov careers.